Kittens, it is Friday night in Phoenix, and you're listening to the Absolute Geek Podcast. My name is Matt. I'm Corbin. I'm Kyle. Jump in there, Corbin. I had to. That's I'm Ryan. And uh, we got a familiar face with us tonight joining us. It's uh, it's Greg. What's going on? Welcome back, Greg. Hey, boys. Someone actually took us up on our come on anytime open invite. Yep. I love talking to you guys. <laughs> That's good. We like talking yeah. to you too. So uh, Greg's joining us tonight to uh, remind everyone that his uh, Indiegogo for his uh, new individual or independent comic book Rascals kicked off today. Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm so stoked about this. Um, you know, it's my first uh, I, I, making comics. I've always done it in what is considered like a traditional method. You know, I'm a writer. So I would, I would, you know, make a script or, or make a series and then hire an artist. And then that guy would, you know, do the art and, I'd, you know, send it off to publishers. And then, you know, no, 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 no. And then that's it. And then you try another project. And um, it's, it's interesting. This, this Indiegogo thing is totally different, especially because of how we're working it. Um, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. The, the, my partner, uh, Skirt Burt, Kirk. Spurging is a great artist. Man, that's a tongue do, you, do, you, do you want to take a minute and try that name one more time? <laughs> Kurt Spurging. There you go. Kurt Skirt. Dirt Kurt. Skirt Kurt. Kurt. Dirt Kurting. Kurt Spurging. Yeah. Scoot Scoot Boogie. But he's a uh, yeah a fantastic artist. And um, uh, long story short, you know, we, when we we met you at San Diego Comic Con. Um, Kurt and I were at the same table for, uh, you know, three days signing our books and, uh, you know, just talking and just running ideas past each other and, uh, making each other laugh the whole time. And so we decided to, you know, Hey, do you want to, do you want to work on a book together? And that's where this book has come out. Um, the, the genesis of it is, uh, uh, teen pop punk rabbits, who are cursed to fight supernatural forces on their so way to awesome. pop punk superstardom. That's the and coolest. <laughs> it's dude. It's the fucking coolest premise. I love it. Like, yeah, really behind. Yeah. It's so awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, all these classic tropes that we haven't seen for a while, uh, with kind of a modern spin. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's funny because, you know, it's, uh, doing the Indiegogo and this crowdfunding and like, you know, it was mentioned before today's the, the first day it launched, it's called the rascals. Um, and it's really liberating because like I said before, you know, how I was trying to get, you know, my, my work out there was the very traditional method of just grinding away by myself and then submitting it and having somebody else judge the work. And 
you know, paying somebody to work with me and to do it this way. First of all, all of the work is done. This, the book is done. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the perks, you know, and I'm, I'm going to actually, you know, run through the perks with you guys just to let people who are listening, you know, know what, what, what's available, but all the perks are done. You know, we, we, we're, we're kind of two guys who have been doing this a while you know, who have been through the publishing system, who have marketed our comics, who have done the San Diego Comic-Con thing, who have made the contacts, who know what people want. And I think a lot of the, the problem with Indiegogo is, or Kickstarter, or if you're going to crowdfund any sort of project is people say, hey, give me 50 bucks and in a year and a half, I'll send you something maybe. <laughs> hey, for, right? For, I am totally down to... I would totally be down to wait for my product for that because it's such an awesome concept. So, But you don't have to. So because we've timed – the book is done, okay? All the work is done. The artwork's done. All the lettering is done. All of the perks have been done. You know, the only thing that Kurt needs to finish uh, is uh, one of the perks, the, the, you know, the biggest perk is he's doing actually watercolor artwork. Um, and we're only doing five of those because he's he's doing you know all the sketch cards by hand, all of the all of the you know extras, and we're only doing five of the watercolor because it takes a lot of his time. Um, but besides that, it's done. So after the campaign ends, hopefully we have what we need to get the printing cost done, and we've already calculated our delivery costs. We've you know I live in Japan, Kurt lives in Canada. Uh, so we've decided to run it out of Canada to be more centrally located to, to people so that, you know, we've already done the calculations. Um, we've kept the costs low. So one thing that I've we saw about Indiegogo is people are, dude, like, maybe it's my age or whatever, but isn't it a lot to charge like $40 for a 40-page black, like, color comic book? Not just you. I agree. Isn't that nuts? That's because crazy. we're charging, because we're charging five dollars. Whoa, <laughs> five! That's awesome, man. That is, hey, if it, you want somebody to buy your comic, make comic, make it affordable. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. I, I, know, I agree. Yeah, I mean, anybody could grab. I would take like I pay ten dollars for a forty book, but five. I'm not even thinking twice on that one. No, but like, think about yeah. it. Like, like I'm not going to donate forty anymore. We, we did the costs. We did the cost analysis about everything. It wow. actually costs. If we want to make like enough to at the end of at the end of this thing, if we our whole goal is to get the rascals in people's hands Great. where they read it and they go, that was super funny, man. That was super cool. I love the artwork. And they give it to their kid or they leave it on a comic book or they tell somebody else or, you know, on the coffee table and they, or they tell somebody else like, dude, this was super funny. You know, you, you should check this out because we are already working on the second one. Like wow. the, whole, the, whole, the whole point is to get it out and to get it into people's hands. We're not trying and we 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 <laughs> we even wrote in the Indiegogo. If you go if if you go to the site and read the write up, we write we're not doing this to fund a rock star lifestyle while you wait for the product. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't want to brag that I made $500,000 about not giving you something for a year. 
we want you to have the book and we want to talk to you about the book. We want you to enjoy the book. We want your kids to enjoy the book. We want people to, to understand these characters so that when the second one comes out, it's a no brainer to pick it up. And then the third one comes out and we just have this thing where we have unfettered access to being creative and we can just put out a couple or three books a year at an affordable price where people can just give people an, a, a fun experience that has our name on it. You know what's crazy about you bringing this up, Greg, is I was right before the show, um, my buddy sent me a, a video. He's like, yeah, you got to watch this, man. And he was talking. It was um, – I think it was Logan Paul talking to his brother. I don't. I'm, I, I don't usually know anything about these guys. I just heard they were douchebags. But I watched a, a video where they were talking to each other on their uh, podcast, and it made really humanized them. And they were just they were talking from the heart. And one of the things they were talking about is you know it's so hard being a YouTube uh, celebrity because you got to put in all this work. You got to put in these ten minute videos daily, and you know just take and and if you don't do the ten minutes, you're not going to get monetized. And they're like. So we just got tired of it. And instead of, you know, making sure you put out that 10 minute, one second video every day and it not being very good content, we're like, screw it. It's all about the content at this point. Let's just put it out if we're going to monetize it or not. If it's less than 10 minutes, you know, yeah, we're not going to get money for it, but who cares? It's good content. And I want to put the, I, I get excited when I'm putting out content and people are seeing my content. And that's basically what you're doing is you're saying, I just want the content to get out there. I want it to be good yeah. content. I want people to see it. I'm excited about this, so I want people to see it. You're, I, you're I exactly that, right. Yeah. Much respect to that. That's fucking cool. Wait to see it. It's it's exactly right, and and um, you know, I I you know had something and gone through the system, and you know I you know still one day you know I hope I can get you know paid a page rate to do whatever and. That's great, but this is so much more our thing. And Kurt and I have both been through the experience of like having to sell off pieces of your IP to get it published, to get it in the public domain. And then you have somebody else kind of with their their you know thumbs in your pie going, Do you, you know, if you want to eat it, you gotta eat my bloody your, finger. In your butt. And and this isn't that. <laughs> this yeah, right? Yeah. This was just in my ass and now it's in your pie. Do you want it? Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's a different feeling. It's, it's exciting because, you know, we have our, we have our target and if we hit the target, which I think we can do because it's a unique product, people looking on Indiegogo are just going to go, this isn't like anything else here. You know, if, if anybody's looking at, at, at buying that $40 book that they're going to get an, an, a year and a half later, and they just look at the thumbnail for our product and they have a kid, they're going to pick it up for five bucks. It's it's gonna be, it's gonna be a no brainer. Um, so it's it's exciting. We want to get it in people's hands. We have you know so many stories coming out. And one thing I think that's very interesting, besides the fact that you you should probably get it in August. Um, if you back it now, you're gonna you're, we'll send it out in August. You know, um, I've already I've already you know got the plans to to be there to sign the books, to stuff the envelopes with Kurt, to make sure everybody gets their product. But also the way this book was made was a little different. So we actually used the old Marvel system 
of making the book. And I think I mentioned this I to you guys before. Yeah. I but I, yeah, I think it's worth mentioning again is that th this was not a full script project where I have come up with all of the ideas and then you know given it to an artist and then paid the artist to make those things a reality. Kurt originally had the idea for four rabbit characters. And he just showed me the drawing. And he said, what do you think about this? And you know, my, my thing is hard sci-fi superhero stuff. That's that's my that's my jam. That's what that's what I love, you know. Low, especially especially low fidelity stuff. I, I like the Blade Runner and the the cyberpunk more than the Star Wars. But I, you know, and I looked at it and I thought, yeah, man, it's cute, you know, like what what do you need? And he said, so what do you think about them being X, Y, and Z? And at, at, at that time, it he had a general idea. And wow. I said, no, nah, that's, that's no good. Like, you know, I just kind of shit canned it. And I said, you know, that's it. Cause it wasn't, it, it, it was something that it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a story. It was just an idea. So he said, do you want to work on it? We'll go 50, 50 on this. He goes, what do you think? So I sent him my ideas and then we agreed that, yeah, there was going to be the supernatural element. We had the fact that the Rascals, this bunny group, was going to be, you know, heavily influenced by, like, old Green Day, like, late late 80s, early 90s Green Day descendants, you know, just, just a hard-playing group, um, you know, just good-hearted, you know, punk rockers kind of thing. Um, and then we, we, we got onto that and, like, yeah, that's, that's it, that's it, that's it. And then... Um, you know, originally the symbols for their T-shirts, if you, if you see the characters, I don't know if we can bring up a screenshot, but if you look at the Indiegogo, each character has a symbol. And we realize that we're showing a lot with these characters. If, if you just look at them, you know, you look at Alana, she that, has that a you. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there's the characters right there. So on the far left, you have Max. Pretty much figure out Max. He's the drummer. And then you know, the, the, he's fat. He loves food. Um, he's actually cursed with – it is a curse with the ability to, to know any supernatural threat that the rascals are facing. Unfortunately, to do this, he's possessed by a spirit. And when he comes out of it, he has no idea what he said. So basically everybody goes to him for answers that he, ha he doesn't have. Um, and I thought yeah. you were going to say he's cursed with floppy ears. No, yeah, you know, yeah, he's got some sort of dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> Those pants are also questionable, but then yeah. we also, you know, and, it, you know, you see the T-shirt, you get the color scheme, and then you go over to Tony. Tony's the lead singer. He's super arrogant. You know, he thinks he's as good as just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he thinks he's as good as Justin Bieber, and it just... You know, he's no Justin Bieber. Wait, whoa, whoa. Justin Bieber I, was Justin Bieber intentional? I, yeah, I like how super arrogant uh, is Justin Bieber. You have all of these, no, all these Bieber. massive Bieber, rock stars. Justin, you, yeah. can, you can compare it to and you choose J Justin Bieber. The Canadian in you just came out hard right there. Yeah. Uh, you can't overstate Bieber because yeah. of the Bieber. Yes. Fucking Bieber. Yeah. Bieber. Justin Bieber. And, um, yeah, he's hyper-talented, though. Um, and so, again, if you look at the character, that was well thought out. It's a massive exclamation mark, you know? Look at me! That is that is exactly Tony, and everything everything that happens to the Rascals he loves actually, is, is only happening to him. 
and it irks everybody else, but they understand that he is really the probably the most talented person in the band. He's he's the front man. So next to him is Alana. And Alana, you know, we didn't wanna we didn't wanna um, make girls overly girly and boys overly boyish and you know, whatever. Um, you know, not that we you know we have any gender specifics or any of that bullshit, but at the same time, you know. These are these are punk rock kids. These are pop punkers, right? So we didn't want to have both the females on the team being really girly. So Alana's our our our, our kind of heartthrob. All of the boys love to come and to see her. She's really pretty. Everybody thinks that she's this gentle soul. And if you notice her purse, um, she was actually kind of cursed or blessed, depending upon how you 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 see it, um, with the ability to basically trap supernatural entities in that purse. And the cool thing about it is it's kind of like a D&D bag of holding or, you know, the Ghostbusters ghost trap, however you want to think about it. The cool part about it is everything that gets trapped in the bag lives in the bag. So whatever. That's a huge story story within a story, you know. So that's something that we're going to explore later about how she can kind of communicate with the people in the bag, the things in the bag, and more understand what they're dealing with. Um, And as much as she's the big softy and and everybody thinks she's very attractive, she's the only one out of the four of them that's a warrior. She doesn't take shit. And she, she is the absolute one that will punch you in the nose rather than argue with you. You know, she's, she's a sweetie, but she's got a heart of stone. And finally, we have Rosie the roadie. So again, if you look at the character design of Rosie, uh, if you look at her, she's got a cog on her T-shirt. A cock? A cog. (laughs) A gear. gear, A gear. (laughs) I know, I'm just playing. So she is literally the heart and the soul of the band that everything revolves around. She's the roadie. She's the technician. You know, she does Tony's hair. She fixes the van. Um she's essential to the band she's really testy <laughs> she doesn't like the fact that everybody relies on her but also she was cursed with the ability to have the sight so rosie is the one that can spot the supernatural wherever they are mm. so she's kind of like the alert system for the group spider sense it's kind of like a supernatural spider sense but if you notice i haven't mentioned what tony was cursed or blessed with and that's because it's kind of like i, I thought I, it was sounding like justin beaver being Justin no, beaver you know no his is uh, Dude, that's who you should put in as like a like someone that they have to face <laughs> i'm over here expecting him being like yeah he, he was modeled after giddy lee from rush or, or something like that and justin bieber why not billy irish Actually, uh, we're going to get to the uh, who they face in a second, but his supernatural ability is he can fart out his soul. Oh my. <laughs> I've done that a couple times. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought I had to. I did I that right before the show started. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but it really. Uh, Corbin did it a couple fart. episodes ago. We have it on camera. <sighs> Those are the days. Yep. <laughs> never, never strawberry nesquik before pod time. <laughs> He can fart out his soul and actually project, but nobody in the band knows he can do it, and he never uses it because it's not cool. 
He's that. <laughs> <arrogant>. <laughs> All right. So at this point, I don't want to cut you off, Greg, but we do have another guest getting ready to join yeah, us man. here in a few minutes. All right, Greg. So yeah, we got to go back to this. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna yeah, pin pin over. this real quick, and uh, we'll come we'll come back to it for you here. But uh, he's he's in the backstage waiting right now. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to bring in our guest tonight, uh, writer, director, producer Avery Bazin's about to join us to talk to us about his uh, his fan project. He he did a Star Wars fan film titled Power. Uh, let me bring him in right now. It's Corbin. Oh, hey, how's it hey, going? Hey, Avery, thanks for joining hey, us. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having hey. me. How are you doing tonight? Staying. Good, how are you guys? Good, good. Staying, staying safe in these crazy times out there, I hope. Staying safe, staying slow, you know? It's, it's like so <laughs> slow being at home, but it's good. It's my motto. <laughs> so slow, <laughs> almost in reverse. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, Right. Uh, it's a good time to write, though. It, it is finally, uh, you have like all these back projects, you do everything at home that you're supposed to do, and you're like, well, I have no excuse left not to write, so, so now I'm finally doing it. Cool, cool. Very nice. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about uh, Power, your Star Wars fan film, and kind of what led you to, I understand you're a, a Star Wars fan, and what, what led you to to the film? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, honestly, Star Wars is kind of what led me to film in general. I'm a full-time commercial film director, and I want to start doing a few narrative projects. And I remember when I was a kid, we would get, like, uh, dowels from Home Depot, and we'd paint them in different colors as lightsabers and, you know, fight with them in the backyard. And we thought this was great. So we would steal our parents' camcorder. We would put the episode one soundtrack right next to it because we didn't know how to edit um, and so you know, you, you hit the tool of the face, dun, 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 you start fighting with a sword, pick over a garbage can, and you bring it back, and you're like, "This is the best thing we've ever made." So from there, obviously, you just kind of keep going down the rabbit hole. And uh, about 15 years later, 20 years later, whatever it is, I was like, you know, I kind of have all the abilities to do the real version of this now. So let's just do it, and that's where we are. Very cool. Love it. Well, I got to ask one quick question and uh, just to start off, uh, what made you decide to go with the yellow saber, man? Yeah. So the yellow saber is funny because uh, I don't know how much you guys are into Star Wars each individually, but you know, there's a lot of stuff from the old canon. Uh, there's some characters that I really like to have yellow lightsabers, orange lightsabers, some really cool stuff. I know now they're using it for the, the Jedi Sentinels and a few other things, but I like the idea of a saber that wasn't a hundred percent good guy or a hundred percent bad guy, you know? So I, I, I didn't want just like blue and blue, blue and green i was like yeah you know but but yellow felt like kind of it could be in the middle you know and so uh I, as our villain is just turned from the light side to the dark side i wanted something that would both make sense for what he currently had on him but could also be a little villainous i uh i i really respect the, the fact not just because of the color but because of the lore with the yellow saber for those of you guys that don't know for a while the yellow saber was kind of like a one and done saber um, in old school Star Wars canon and the books and stuff. Uh, yeah. And it, it was a saber that you really weren't going to see anymore. And it had a lot of lore with it and uh, the, the backstory behind it and, and everything. And I won't spoil that, but um, it was, it, yeah. And you're right. It did pop up on a couple of things in the Sentinel with the Sentinels. I think it popped up in a couple uh, video games. Mm -hmm. Um, um 
but uh, so there's there, I, I but anytime I see it, man, that's the first thing I think. I was like, that's badass. That's a yellow saber, you know, because of the lore fact, and not just because of the color, but the lore fact, you know. So yeah, uh, it was very impressive to see that. You know, we were trying to support the the video is essentially a lightsaber fight, but I didn't want to do just lightsaber fight. While at the same time, I wanted to do just lightsaber fight. So in some cases, I didn't really want people talking on comlinks and a long backstory of why we're here. I kind of wanted something to happen, and off we go because that's kind of what I would enjoy a lot in other fan films that I'd see. But simultaneously, I kind of wanted to actually tell a story and answer a few questions, or at least tackle them. So. You know, everything from the lightsaber colors to the eyes changing, all that stuff is, is trying to get at, you know, some themes underneath all of that. Yeah, very cool. I was curious. Um, one, I like the entire premise, the idea that you said about it being just a long, like, lightsaber fight with some story behind it was basically yeah. what I was getting from watching it. But the location, like, where was this? Because it was really kind of cool. I was, like, drawn to that from the jump. Yes. Yeah. So I knew that I wanted to try to find something Star Wars-y and an epic. And a lot of, yeah, a lot of people do stuff in forests, mostly because that's what's available and, and nearby. And I grew up in Connecticut on the East Coast, and pretty much all I would have had was forests back then. But I live in California now, outside of San Francisco. And there's just all these really great landscapes. There's, there's mountains, there's kind of desert areas. So I kind of have the pick of the litter. And there's an area in Half Moon Bay, which is about... 25 minutes outside of San Francisco that just has this great rocky coastline. Um, what was interesting, though, is that we had first done another location just another mile or two down, and I went there during high tide, uh, or so I thought, but high tide obviously changes throughout like the month, and, and there's king tides and all these different things. So I thought that we were great at this one location. We started filming, and all of a sudden, uh, the water started coming up to destroy all of our equipment. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. so, so we're there you know we're in our costume and we're, we're trying to grab everything up and protect it you know and, and run out of there as fast as we can because also it's not just where you are there's there's you know the whole beach around you is going underwater so a uh, little bit of trial and error but yeah it was it was on the coastline of california uh in a town called half moon bay wow cool yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but the, the location too gives a lot of gives a lot of life to it to me. You know what I mean? Like you get the height of the of the background, you get the kind of churning of the waves. I really love how the waves kind of keep churning at the end of it while everyone's while it's kind of still. And that that's a lot that it's hard to recreate on your own. You know? Yeah. I have a question, a quick question. Yeah. Um, you raise your hand on this show. <laughs> for this whole for the whole project. Yeah. So how long is is the film? It's about nine minutes. Uh, it's just under 10 minutes, so 9.15. So it's just under 10 minutes. Yeah. From pre-production, from, like, concept, you know, pre-production, you know, figuring everything out, costumes, filming, you know, can you run us through, like, you know, how long was that entire process? How long did this thing take to make? Yeah, yeah. So really, there's, there's kind of two ways to think about it. There's, like, the actual hours, which were a lot, but then there was also, like, the total time because we had to do some um, some breaks, actually. So what happened was we were filming a few days, and the biggest thing was that we were filming, um, and you could only film for certain hours in a day. So normally, if you do a film, you know, shoot you a 14-hour day or something, right? Uh, if you were going all day long. But we were really relying completely on natural, uh, like, right. everything to give us our diffusion from the clouds to enable us to not have to bring a whole lighting crew because it just would have been too difficult. Mm. So we would only shoot for maybe, you know, three, four hours a day or something after getting out to the beach. Well, we had shot about three or four days and then, um, and not, you know, sequential days would be like a day here, maybe the next weekend or something when we could. 
and we come out one day and our whole location is under an extra five to six feet of sand. The whole thing is buried as if it was like an ancient city or something. And all the rocks that are there were not there. It was all just sand going straight out to the water. And I was like, what happened? You know, what happened? Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, it's my spider. So... <laughs> I, at first, I couldn't. I, at first, I was like, maybe the maybe the city came and like you know put put new sand on the beach or something. In which case, yeah, yeah we need to start from the beginning. And I was really hoping that wasn't the case because we've already started again once. Everybody, uh, get your shovels out. Yeah. So, so there's a funny story though because what happened was I called the Parks and Rec of the town and stuff, just kind of like prodding around, like, hey, did anything happen? No, nobody really knows. Nobody's really giving me a clear answer. Well, the beach was very close to, there's a Ritz-Carlton not far from them. And Ritz-Carlton, even though I've never stayed there, is known, obviously, for very good customer service. So I said, let me just call Ritz-Carlton and see what they do. So I called Ritz-Carlton and I said, hey, uh, you know, for whatever reason, I really love this beach spot. And I noticed that it's under a lot of sand. Do you know if there's something the town did or if this is, like, naturally occurring? And the lady is just really nice. She goes, I don't know, but let me look into that and I'll get back to you. What's your number? She takes down my number. Uh, that's great. Four days later, she calls back. She's basically researched the whole thing and figured out why the beach has changed. And it, and it was yeah. natural causes. So the moral is we had to wait for a year and then come back out and finish it um, and then do that. So we after a year for it to naturally go back to its... Exactly, exactly. So basically at a certain time of the year, the, the water, because of uh, the tides and the currents, basically dumps all the sand on it. And then after a certain month, and I would, I didn't know exactly when this would be, so I would go out every month or two and just take a look, right? Uh, and eventually got to the point where it was like, oh, this is definitely starting to recede. This is great. So I kind of called Brandon, the other guy, uh, a few other people that were helping us. And we said, okay, let's plan, you know, three weeks from now to go out and start shooting. So there was that who, bit of, yeah. and sorry. Who did the VFX? Right. So How that's many the people? Part. Yeah. So, so yeah. the VFX was about four people total. So I had done some of it in the beginning just to get a sense of like what we were going for, uh, yeah. especially with the lightsabers. Um, but I just knew it would be too much to do for one person because there's some lightsaber plugins these days, but they don't work like perfectly. You know what I mean? Uh, they, they work I do. Know, yeah. Yeah. So I and I I was kind of of the mind that again, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it. So. We did it manually. Uh, I, I hired a guy, Tyler Jordan, who did the, the bulk of the actual lightsaber rotoscoping. A uh, very timely process, but he was great at it. We, we had a lot of time back and forth. So we had that. We had things like removing people and other elements on the beach. So sometimes there would be, you know, someone and their dog walking in the background of a very dramatic moment. So we had to make sure that that was not there. Uh, so I, I also hired some people for that. The ship, Get obviously. The fucking beach, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and go somewhere else. You see those grown men on the beach with lightsabers, right? Right. We're, we're like clearly we're working camera. here, and you're gonna walk right behind them, right? That's a good idea. What are these the people on the beach with? <laughs> <laughs> you, should people. Is, you should yell other people. Oh, I have a permit, even though you don't. Who cares? Yeah. Get out of here. Yes, yes, exactly. But Brandon had his. Uh, so Brandon had the Sith contacts in. So Brandon's like the nicest guy in real life, but he would just go over to these people and just be like. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> get off my get beach. Get off my beach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so total time, I would say it took, uh, in terms of length, I would say about two years, but not of like everyday work. You know, it was kind of yeah. off again as we could do it. Uh, cool, but yeah, so, 
the, the first piece was basically shooting and the second piece was, as you would say, all the VFX and editing. Cool, cool. Now, I have a question as far as the lightsaber fight style. Did you, like, obviously, you watched the movies you were there. Was there any, like, particular style you were, like, focusing on? Were you trying to do it more to, like, the original trilogy as far as, you know, what's the, like, quick pace calculated? Was there, like, a thought process there? Obviously, you're not just swinging them. So the yeah. choreography of that, how did that come about? What did you kind of use to reference to kind of get that to come out? Definitely. I, I, I wanted to hearken back, I would say, more so to the original trilogy, but with a little bit more of the energy of especially like Phantom Menace uh, in particular. Phantom Menace to me was, to a lot of people, kind of like the, the high watermark. And while I think the uh, like Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith have good fighting, it almost started to become so fast that it was hard to follow. Um, but I really, really liked in the originals how it's not just a dance where everyone knows what's coming next. There, there's a lot of like caginess and prodding and like they'll try a hit and back off, which is to me at least not being a professional swordsman seems like how I would fight at the very least. I would be a little bit like, Hey, I want to live. Um, <laughs> so I kind of wanted to represent a little bit of that, that, and, and there's also a few people pointing out and, and rightly so, you know, there's like a few points where we didn't want to make it really, really obvious that someone could kill the other one. But we were also a little okay with like that there would be moments that people would take an extra minute where they might be able to just, you know, uh, kill the other one. But there's a relationship there. And even though, you know, the master is committed to, to killing the apprentice, there's, there's almost like he has one last lesson to teach, you know, before this is all over. So there's these moments where like they're trying to kill each other, but they're still trying to communicate with each other. And, and I kind of want to explore that. That is interesting. Yeah, for sure. yeah. Can you can you touch a little bit about your on your your writing process with this? Like when you sat down to write this, did you already kind of have a premise in mind, or did you did you know that you wanted this conflict to go, and you kind of just wrote it from there and, and let that conflict develop your character and the stories, or just just a little bit about your writing process if you could? Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's like two things that I really think about when I'm starting writing projects, which are, are a lot about like themes. Like if, if we're going to spend a lot of time to make something, what are we saying or what are we at, least, at the very least questioning? And then I also think about like emotional moments, you know what I mean? So there's different movies. Um, sometimes writers will say that you're almost working to get to those moments. If you've seen something like Goodwill Hunting, right? The it's not your fault is this scene that is that is amazing and it's really emotional but it doesn't have any relevance if you don't watch the two hours leading up to that you know what i mean so you're almost kind of justifying these moments of it's not your fault or i am your father whatever it is mm. um so we had two things we had the theme of uh i was i was driving with my friend we had a four-hour trip one day and we just started hashing out like hey what if we really did this you know what could be a story and thematically we were going back and forth on the difference between the light side and dark side but like a lot of things, and honestly, a lot of action movies in general, the bad guy is bad because he kills two people very meanly. But then, of course, the good guy proceeds to kill 120 people on screen. But, you know, we've established that he's the good guy. And I always thought with Jedi that Jedi speak so much about peace. For the most part, they cut their way through most problems. And so I basically wanted to almost take the villain side a little bit here. It's it's really a bit of a corruption arc in the story. Um, and you have Kai is kind of going through the stages of grief as this is going on. He's going from denial to um, uh, negotiation, like all these different pieces along the way. So you have those themes there. And then the moment that I wanted to start with that really got us as we were just chatting about it was you see people in the movies that when they're you know, evil, their, their eyes are uh, yellow and red. And we said, wouldn't it be cool if you were there for the moment that someone's eyes turn 
from blue to red, you know, and that kind of gave us like that, that shiver that we were looking for. So it was that those themes and then that moment together of, okay, now let's think of some ways that we could kind of justify, you know, putting this all together. Other than, uh, other than the, the beach issues, what are, what are some other challenges you, you might've faced while creating this project, whether it was from trying to get the lightsaber sound effects, right. Or the choreography, yeah. what's, what's some of the other challenges you faced? Yeah. Um, I would say one of the biggest things is that everything was a match cut in this, in the sense that everything had to match the shot before it, because it's all continuous. There's no third party uh, onlookers. There's nothing else that you're cutting to, right? It's just, it's, the camera's intentionally really, really locked between these two characters so that hopefully by the time you get through 10 minutes, you're actually a bit invested in all of this. And, but what it means though, is that every time you're swinging, if you're swinging from the right, you better not be swinging from the left on that next shot. And if you have it in one, you know, one hand, two hand, so some some consistency pieces that, that was definitely a little bit challenging. And a lot of what we would do some reshoots for towards the end, just to like make sure that we kind of like glued those shots together. Um, other small things I think were just uh, like the contacts were a little tricky. I was going to try to wear contacts at the end. I tried to wear contacts for years, and I've never succeeded. So we got the second pair of contacts that I tried to shove in my eyes again and again and again until I was crying in the bathroom. Didn't work, so eventually we said, okay, you know what, let's just, let's just do VFX for my eyes at the end, uh, you know, and did it that way. So for uh, everybody who doesn't know, what is what you just said? What is that, VV, VFX? Visual sure, so visual, visual effects. Um, and, and so basically, like, when my eyes, the eyes are red at the end, that's essentially an overlay uh, that we're just tracking my eyes with that. Um, okay. Yeah, so, and, and then I'd say the other thing, um, yeah, it, it was just some of the new processes, you know what I mean? So it, with every project that I do, I'm trying to do a few new things. And, and the nice thing about doing Star Wars for me was that it, it was really uh, trying a few new things. So one of the things that we actually tried but didn't make it into the final film was a set extension. And it wasn't bad, but it just wasn't like enough that I want to keep it in. But we had this kind of building off in the far distance of the beach uh, that was like a very kind of Star Warsian building. And even though that didn't make it into the final film, I kind of still learned how to do that. And so now when I think about shooting in new locations, in the past I would say, oh no, there's a building there, so we can't point the camera in that direction. But now that I've kind of realized like, oh, you know what, we can just paint over that. Um, it, it's kind of opened up my thinking a little bit more. Did you cut anything out of it? Like, did you have like, was it originally a little bit longer and you cut some out that you found out that wasn't, you didn't like, or? Yeah. You so, found something that didn't work or? Yeah. So, so we had cut out different sections. It's, it's, they're really all kind of like beats in the story in terms of kind of like who's up. We were trying to get, a, we were trying to get across a few different lines uh, and take the least amount of time to make it make sense that you would say these lines. So, you know, if, if you were to clash lightsabers once and have your whole conversation during that one hit, that would seem not very realistic, you know what I mean? So we kind of wanted to let their breathe a little bit, have a few lines of dialogue, and then just go back to, you know, the fight. Um, there were a few times that we felt it just went too long, or there were a few times that we felt like Kai had essentially gotten beaten up too much or too many times, you know? And so you didn't want the point when he kind of gets choke slammed at the point where he recalls the lightsaber to him, uh, I didn't want to have put him in that position already three or four times before. So it's, it was really about pacing and trying to get that right. You know, I think I knew that it would be kind of like an epic fight in the sense that I knew I wanted to make it a bit long. Um, so it was really a question of like how much I can stretch this for the people who are really into it and really love Star Wars and lightsaber fights. 
And then how, how much should I dial it back for people who don't want to, you know, go on the whole ride? There wasn't any disputes like, no, we should keep that. No, it should go. Like there was no like banter back and forth with anybody about it. No, we were, we were pretty good. Honestly. I, I think that it, for the most part in the creative process, I, I was leading a lot of it. And then Brandon was helping a lot. Oh, with, so uh, you were like, I'm the boss. What I say goes, I got it. I have the whip somewhere in the back. I'll get it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but Brandon was doing actually the choreography. He was leading that. And, uh, you know, we would just kind of like talk it out first. So when we were first coming up with choreography, it was really based off of what do we need here? What are we doing? You know, and so we would try to find ways to. There's a lot of times where there's different moves that are like really aggressive, where there's this move that we kind of developed that I haven't seen in the other films before, where he'll, he'll swing on a spot and get blocked, and then instead of doing a new shot, he basically just comes back and just swings again, like, no, 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 this is what I'm doing, right? And so we liked a few of these kind of aggressive moves that would say, I don't care if you're trying to block me, like, I'm not stopping. Um, so yeah, it was really predicated around that. I got two questions. You sure, only so get one. Just, you only yeah, get I'm one. only gonna answer one. No. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Make it count. One question with two parts. <laughs> All right. Ooh, part. So this one is like super uh, kind of focused on the nerd side of this. And the other one is, is kind of uh, technical, but the, there's two theories about lightsabers, right? So George Lucas originally uh, envisioned the lightsaber really heavy. Yes. Because, you know, this, this is like the seventies, like, you know, train of thought, cause there's a lot of energy, man. Yeah. So that energy has to be heavy. Wow. So that's why, yeah. So that's why in the original three, Especially if you go to, you know, in, in Empire, you saw it when Luke is fighting Vader, but especially in Return of the Jedi, when they're fighting, it's it's because it's the, really the one fight. Yeah. They're, uh, uh, you know, it's it's really heavy. And then when he went to the prequels, because the Jedi were so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. They were force assisting everything. That's why they could, that's why they could move it that much faster and more fluid, right? Yeah. Where was your mind in in the very heavy, powerful sabers versus, uh, you know, the more fluid kind of like, you know, baton twirling kind of dynamic. Yeah, sure. We, we didn't think a lot about the weight of it, but we did think a lot about the practicality of it. And so there's not a lot of flourishes in, in the film. So there's not a lot of um, where someone does a, you know, before mm -hmm. they make a strike. A lot of it's basically like, if I want to hit you here, I'm just going to swing and try to hit you here. So it's a little bit more utilitarian in that sense um, and, and kind of less, less flourishes. I would say in terms of the speed of it, we we're mostly trying to emulate the speed of somewhere around Phantom Menace again, because the films have almost, um, the Disney films have been a little slower actually. And I think they're yeah. trying to, to play to that. These are maybe not as experienced characters, which makes sense. But with yeah. the prequels, they, they progressively would speed up. Um, and the Anakin and Obi-Wan fight at the end of it, is amazing part of yeah. it part of it is that there, there are two blue lightsabers but i actually have like a hard time following what's going on sometimes because it's just so fast they're just flying and so i i noticed that like a lot of times when i like watching even other fan films what i like is when it's 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 moving but i can kind of follow what's going on so that's mm -hmm. kind of where we were at with that okay and the 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 technical thing is you said you had to alter your thinking and i know that the the kind of you know if you made a short film in the past what you would do is you know youtube wasn't your first thinking 
your, your yep. first thinking was film festivals. I want to, I want to take this to festivals. I want it to be seen, yep. want it to be recognized, maybe get a reward and maybe play it forward in the future. Yeah. So this seems like YouTube was a no brainer. You know, was that the original intention of it or were, were you ever at, at some point when you started thinking about this, was it for YouTube? Was it to be, you know, freely consumed among fans or was it, you know, maybe I can make something not just to put on my reel, not just to show what I can do, but to like, you know, take it to festivals and get it, you know, put it in, in some sort of competition. Yeah, exactly. So kind of both. Uh, so we basically made it for both audiences with the harder audience always being the internet because the internet has very, very little patience for you to take your time. And so part of the reason that uh, we started the way that we did is just one shot, which is very quickly showing you the ship rising. First of all, there's no um, like thank yous in the beginning. There's no what production studio this is. There's just the name of it. And then we fade right up to it. Right. And as soon as we fade up, you're getting you're in a location. There's a ship. This is Star Wars. There's a, a sword. Someone's died who's not supposed to. There's a guy running here. What have you done? You know, and the idea was that we would start it off very quickly. Um, to hopefully keep people, you know, right in the beginning, especially online. With film mm -hmm. festivals, yeah, yeah. With film festivals, you have a little bit more leeway because you know people are sitting down already. You know, it's they're, they're stuck in the theater. Yeah, yeah. So we are actually submitting it to a number of film festivals and have been getting some great feedback for that. So I, hopefully, it also goes to film festivals. But yes, we definitely made it with the internet first mentality because that's the hardest group to please. And honestly, all, most of the fan films I've watched have all been online. So do you have uh, plans to continue this uh, storyline or what's uh, next on the agenda? Yeah, so uh, right now, not anymore Star Wars or, or other existing properties. I wanted to really, I wanted to start doing narratives and I'd wanted to do this project forever. And I said, you know, if I want to really force myself to get into it, let's start with something that I'm really excited to do, you know, to start. So I, I first started with kind of, I, I gave my 10 year old self a high five and, and went for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd like to think back then if I can get a time machine, I'd be very proud. Uh, and now I'm working on a lot of original stuff. Um, so I'm working on a yeah, few. Good for you, man. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm working on uh, a few shorts and also a few features, which I probably won't shoot the features without any funding or, or, or larger help, but mostly like pitches for those features so that I can, you know, start to make a few more shorts and hopefully start to try to attract some interest in the feature. Very cool. Actually, I actually think I have, yeah, actually here. So there's a, uh, I'm working with a concept artist right now on a story. So this is for an anime film. This is the only thing I'll show you guys. I'm going to take up all your time. But um, this is for an animated film that follows a little star named Sunny. And. Oh, I like that art. And That's so basically, cool. basically he can, uh, you know, he can move around the planets to essentially make his arms or make whatever he's doing. But it's this grand journey as he, as he goes across the galaxy and meets all these different characters. There's a big villainous black hole. There's a lot of stuff, you know. So it's really just a lot of development right now, which the quarantine has been really great for that actually because right? yeah. I can't do anything else so it's a great time to write for anybody who's trying to develop projects but um, yeah everything I'm working on right now is original and that, those will go again you know online but also film festivals and things like that 
That's awesome. We look forward to that. Um, we don't want to take up too much more of your time. Why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners where they can find you and where they can find your, your stuff and, and kind of keep track of you for to check out some of your upcoming projects. Sure. Well, for anyone who's been listening or watching this uh, an hour later, uh, my name is Avery Basin. You can find me on most things, honestly, just by typing in Avery Basin because I seem to be the only one online. But my website is literally just AveryBasin.com. Facebook is Avery Basin. I'm the only one there. So, yeah, it's, uh, I'm on Facebook. Twitter, I know why you're the boss. Right, right. I made sure when I was born that my parents gave me a name that no one else would have. <laughs> I, went, I did go back in time, and then I high-fived myself on the way back. Uh, yeah, so He's punching Facebook. the uterus. How about John? Yeah, John. Oh, Avery. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anything with, uh, yeah, I would say Facebook, Instagram is where I'm most active, uh, but also on YouTube, Xavier Bays, and, and, and my website. So, uh, yeah. Very cool. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Yes. Hey, guys, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Avery, thanks for joining us, and good luck with everything you got going on in the future. Guys, link for uh, nice Avery's you, Star Wars video uh, powers will be below in the description, or if you're listening back to this on Monday, in the description in the uh, the show notes. So. Again, thanks for taking the time to join us, and uh, congratulations on the, the fan film. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. thought it was fantastic, um, and good luck with everything you got going forward. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank Have you. a good one. Have a good night. Thank you. All right. Thank you again. Thanks again to Avery for, for joining us to t- do that rundown. Sorry to cut you off, Greg, but that's we have, we had that set up, so... I appreciate your participation, fun, dude. I I think uh, you did a fantastic job, man. Just jumped right in there, huh? That was super fun, dude. Holy God. Like, being able to talk to people like that who are doing, like, super cool things. Like, that guy, as you were talking, I was actually watching his movie. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you um, like, it's, it's, it's super rad. The rock band of bunnies that are fighting the supernatural. Oh, well, yeah. Well, well you know, the rascals... You can kind of see, like you, you two, the when, when you were talking to you, you can kind of see you were kind of like it, you were kind of riffing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Two, two people well, that were not, creators and 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 trying to you know create. It's not. It's cool to see. Yeah, I sure. used to work in film, so I I used to work in film, so I I did some some writing back in the day in Vancouver for uh, a couple TV series for Blue Sheets, and then you humble know did brag. some independent stuff and. Well, it's not a humble brag. It's I'm just, just I knew I. I kind of wanted to know more about your process, yeah. But um, yeah, if if rascals. Um, uh, so anyway, I'd like to go through if we can. Um, we went through the characters. We went through, you know, the the basic story of the rascals is they're teen pop punk rabbits on their way to superstardom who are cursed by a goat. Um, who uh, basically, you know... That happened to be on one them. crazy Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, until they play a song better than the one that bested the goat in a musical contest. They're cursed, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, we went over the characters, and if possible, I'd like to just run through uh, what we're offering people on the Indiegogo. Yeah, because um, so real quick, uh, I noticed that... You know, your second thing on the Indiegogo that includes a sketch for the price. Yeah. So I, I was going to ask that right away when you gave me when you gave me, gave us a second. So I'm glad you're going to so scroll up a little bit so we can see the full details of the sketch. Man. So if we go to the first one, the, the book's five bucks. You're going to get the book. It's 40 pages, full color. 
Kurt's artwork is fantastic. I think we have a really funny story. Um, you know, it's it's the origin of the Rascals, their first adventure, their first foray into the supernatural. Uh, you meet the Sleepy Bucks, who we're going to see soon when we go through the cards, who are kind of like their, their nemesis. They're also uh, teen punkers who, uh, you know, play a lot of the same shows. Um, and, you know, they, they kind of have a rival group. Um, so, you know, the book is five bucks and you're going to get that signed by both myself and Kurt. Um, the next perk that you can get, the next level is the Rascals uh, book one sketch perk. Sweet. Um, so this this tier is going to give you the book. It's going to give you um, the signed book, but it's also Kurt's going to make a hand-drawn sketch on the inside cover of the book. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, he's, you know, that's that's the thing. Like, it was so cool, man. When I was selling my book, um, this this book, Ray Gun, which you can get now on Comixology or Amazon, um, you know, when we were at the at SDCC selling our books, artists haven't made, dude. Like, this guy's selling his book, and I'm like, hey, you want Ray Gun? Here it is. I can explain the story. He's like, I'll draw you a picture on it. You know, and people are like, yeah, I'll take the picture. Yeah, no problem. That, your book looks great, dude, but this is a picture, you know? So you're going to get that. You're, you're going to get uh, a sketch on the inside cover of one of the seven main characters. Um, and it's a good way to personalize what you get. Of course. The next the next tier up is um, sketch cards. So basically, you're going to get the comic, 40-page color comic, signed by us. You're going to get the interior cover sketch. And then you're going to get a one of seven of the possible characters sketched on a, on a four by six inch sketch card. So it's up to you which one you want. Um, but, you know, you can get um, Tony, Alana, Max, uh, or Rosie from the Rascals. Uh, you can also get the uh, Sleepy Bucks. And Sleepy Bucks will go over, go over the future. The next level up, which I like personally best, I like this bundle. Um, is you get the comic, you get the interior sketch, you get the sketch card, and you get four stickers. And the stickers that we got are really cool. So we got the the logo um, of the Rascals, uh, which we kind of wanted to look like, you know, mod, like British kind of. Anyway, there's a there's an influence there to punk. Um, Kurt and I are the same age, and we both kind of we both like we came from skateboarding and punk stuff. And, you know, it's just, it's ingrained in our DNA. And then you get the Rascals holding the logo um, and you get four of those stickers. The stickers are probably about this big each. Um, so you can put them on, you know, your kid's helmet or your your skateboards or, you know, whatever, your computers, whatever you want. They're a good size. Um, we got the stickers. Again, I want to I wanna make this clear. We don't have to buy this shit. Like all of this is done. Like it's it's ready to go. So if you purchase these books we literally have to sign them and send them we're nobody's going to be waiting a year for any of this stuff okay we want to get it into people's hands at a a good price so nobody's breaking the bank we understand what's happening right now and i and you know as much as matt man seriously thank you for your input because it made us think it made us hold off on for 30 days of on this it made us reconsider about what we were thinking it made us look at how many issues we wanted to publish so that we could send them out at a better price. Hey, that thing on the show, you know what I mean? Not just a hat rack. <laughs> yeah. 
right? <laughs> you know, like it's it's we want to give people what they want now. This isn't the time to to try to like support some weird cult, you know, of support me because I'm I'm trying to milk you for this shit. I want I want to give you I want I want to give you what you want. I want to I want to you know. Anyway, man, it's 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 a bone to pick. That both Kurt and I have a bone to pick with this stuff. So the next level up is the seven card uh, bundle pack. So basically, you're going to get all seven of the sketch cards, and all of these cards are not prints. Okay, like we're not printing all of these cards. Kurt is going to draw all of these sketch cards. Each one is hand drawn. Oh, that's awesome. so, so it's you know I'm just saying like it's not like we're just printing it out and pumping it out like so you, you know we have the cards. cards and the book yeah no so no price. no this, this is a different thing so oh. th this this is a special thing where you can just get all seven cards no book so okay. th this one is uh, seven drawn cards so it includes um, all the main characters which is, uh, you know, Tony, Alana, Rosie, and Max that we went over, and then their rival band, who's the Sleepy Bucks. And the Sleepy Bucks are composed of Jenny, who's also a rabbit and has an interest in Tony, but because they're teenagers from rival bands, they just can't get it together. And then uh, Jimmy She, who's a lizard, and Ramon. And there's going to be... Yeah, just, Beaver. <laughs> no, no, there's no Justin Beaver. There's no Justin Beaver. He, Beaver's he's way high level, dude. He's the boss level. He's the boss. Yeah, Beaver's. Oh, you can have one. Beaver. Never say yeah. never. Yeah, <laughs> Kurt Colt Bane. Wow, goodbye, Tony. Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Colt Bane is, uh, yeah, Tony's favorite artist. Anyway, and Ramon. And there's going to be a running joke <laughs> about the, the Sleepy Bucks that will come in future issues, but... Um, as long as it get isn't Ramon as bad as the one Corbin just told. Yeah, get Ramon <laughs> while you can. That was a classic. That was very good when I did it. So the next bundle um, is basically you get three copies of the book. You get three of the interior sketches. You get three cards that you want and a bunch of stickers, which is, you know, probably 12 stickers. Um And, and that one is the most affordable bundle. So we're, we're hoping people see this and then pass on the word. Because, you know, th th this is really the one that people, in my opinion, if you just want the book and the stickers and, like, you know, you want a little collectible, this is the one. Um, because th this one, you get the, the, the bundle pack of three of everything up to this point. And then finally, oh, look at that. Somebody just picked up the second one. We only got five of these. There's two two gone now. So this is limited to five. It's the the comic signed by me and Kurt. He, he's shocked. Like he's cover. not sitting there hitting refresh on his on his web browser at home looking at it. Oh, you want to hear something sick? <laughs> last we launched this. I launched this. You know, my time last night, like you know, seven seven p.m. You know, I got kids, but they did the whatever. We go to bed, and I have a dream that I wake up this morning and like the, it's all like a hundred percent filled. So I woke up and I'm like, oh, I get my coffee and I go get my phone. I'm like. Okay, this is yeah, not not how it works. Um, so anyway, you get the interior cover sketch, you get the you get the stickers, and more importantly, with this one, and remember, there's only five; two are gone, so there's only three left. You get a ten by fourteen and almost and a half inch um, watercolor picture of the rascals uh, drawn by Kurt. 
and it's going to look great in a frame, you know. Um, so if you're a guy or a girl or, you know, whatever, um, and you want to go and you want to have something on your wall, maybe on your kid's wall, you know, uh, you want to have something um, at the start, this is it, man. Um, there's only five of them. Uh, actually, three of them. That's crazy. There's only three. Um, so, yeah, and that, that's what's there. And we've, we've made everything fairly affordable. Again, I'm looking for people to buy the book. Look, man, if you don't want, if you don't want to pay 10 bucks to get the interior sketch, I get it. You're not a collector. You're not somebody that's thinking that, you know, you want to pass this on or you want to put it in a bag. It, that's not our vibe at all. Our vibe is we like reading comics. We, we want people to read comic books. We want kids to read comic books. We want adults to have a good laugh. You know, five bucks, three bucks for shipping, and we're going to get it to you by August. In August. Kyle so just sent me a message that said he's out because there's no T-shirt. He's got to have that T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, to be honest, he's I'm probably actually the guy. on the Indiegogo right now. There you go. Oh, there you uh, go. My information. I was just yeah. kidding. Kyle didn't really say that, but I know Kyle that the, he's going to want a t-shirt. I know Kyle. <laughs> I know Kyle. He's thinking that. I got to get him a t-shirt. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> and yeah, it, you know, Matt's scrolling through the artwork right now. It looks great, man. I, I love the artwork. You know, Kurt's a genius. He, he, it is really vibrant, right? Considering Ray Gun. You know, which I love the artwork from, but Reagan, you know, we were we were working as as much as we could in black, black and white. Black and white right? is awesome too. Yeah, I love the smell. But and then but look at this. It pops. You know, it's it bangs out. And you know what's crazy? Take a look at the the border. You see how it's black? That makes the color just jump out, right? We originally had it does a, pop a little bit. Yeah. We originally had it white. Oh, the longest time. And it looked great. And then one day, not too long ago, actually, Kurt's like, hey, man, what do you think about this? And it was just like, oh, we just went to the next level with this. artwork. Yeah, it looks good. That's, it. that's what you're going to be getting. And um, it's the first of many. If we go through, yeah, keep scrolling down. There's the sketch card samples. So that's Alana. Rosie. Tony, <laughs> I love Tony, Max, and then we go to the Sleepy Bucks, there we go with Jenny, Jimmy She, who's a lizard, and Ramon. <laughs> <laughs> and so for the sketch cards, you can choose which one you want. And then we keep going, there's one first sticker, second sticker, so you get two of each. And then there's the, uh, the watercolor. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, it, it is what it is, boys. And, and I, I just got to tell you, I'm, I'm so excited about this. This is liberating for me. I'm, we're not beholden to anybody but the people that are going to read the book. And we really want them to have a good time. So to anybody listening, if you want to have a good time, times are weird right now. The kids are kind of in a weird place right now. Things are going to change. Everything's going to get better. And we can have the rascals there for, you know, as long as, as we can keep pumping them out. And Kurt and I uh, have every intention to continue this. 
So I was going to say there are plans for more books. Oh yeah, no, yeah, it's it's going to be a series. It's going to be a thing. So it has to go that way. But okay, I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, uh, book one is the crosswords at Porksburg. Wow. And this is right now. And I love the perks. That's what really gets me. I'm excited to get my hands on one of these. Yeah. Uh, you know, it takes a long time. This, this this thing was really cool to learn because, you know, it's a whole other side of this business that is is a valid thing. I mean, look, Diamond just went tits up. You know, as apparently they're going to be coming back late May. But um, because one person or one company couldn't do it, now comic books aren't coming out. And then you have this other subset of the industry that has been there for what four years now, in trans, it, it, you know. And hey, they had every valid reason to do this, and they were trying to point this out the entire time. And I'm not saying traditional publishing methods, Marvel, DC, Image. I mean, God, man, that's my dream to write for those guys. Aren't there? But doing this and just making a product directly for the customer you want to hit and giving it to them at the price point that you think is fair and marketing it in the way that you feel is best is very liberating. If it doesn't work, guess what? We'll just print less issues and send it to everybody. Because no matter what, like I said, we're already working on issue two. So if it does work, that's great. So hindsight being 2020 here, um, is this something that you wish you would have maybe explored more in a direction you wish you would have went with Ray Gun versus how you went? That's a really good question. No, because I needed I needed to learn the business. And Alonzo, you know, hiring two guys to do the artwork, you know, for Ray Gun. There's a camera. You know, what I paid for, I got in spades. And it is amazing. And I art is beautiful in Ray Gun. Yeah, Ray Gun's art is is sick, you know, but it's a different, it's a different thing. It's a whole different animal than Rascals. Um, and I needed that. I needed my project, my way. I needed to to write it and pay for it. And I didn't sound like the Star Wars guy we were just talking to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's the same thing. Boss. It doesn't matter if you're in, you you do. And and Raygun, I was the boss. But with with Rascals, like I, like I had mentioned before, even how I we wrote it, how we made it, is completely a fifty fifty percent endeavor between me and Kurt. Kurt's an animator. He's a director, you know, in one of the biggest cities in the world for, for cartoons and animation. Um, he knows exactly how to present these characters. And I know exactly the story that needs to carry them into people's imaginations. So <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a different thing, right? It's, it's, it's the thing I'm working on now that, you know, this, this virus is providing me with is 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 another ray gun it's completely me it's just my story that i'm going to pay artists to do and i'm going to submit it and maybe i'll do crowdfunding but probably i'll i'll start hacking it around to indies and and see if i can get it out there again but rascals is not that rascals is for development for a fan base to 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 give to people to read to have fun with to have a a conversation in the culture about and that's where we're coming from because Kurt and I don't need the revenue we're not trying to live a rock star lifestyle off of making comics we we love comics 
You know, we love comics. And what we're seeing now is people not being able to get them or they're not accessible to people or kids aren't reading them anymore or, you know, there's only one way to get them. And we want to just give them to people. Literally just here you go, man, this is the experience of comics and it's a great one. And there's another one coming and you're going to like this one too. So that's it. Kyle had to go away because he didn't get a shirt. So he's sad. He's going to go wipe his tears. (laughs) I just picked up a signed copy, so I am excited. He's gotta go wipe his tears. Thank you. Yeah, yeah man. Of course. I'm ready to get my hand. Well, August. August can't come fast enough now. I'm waiting to August see what we'll out. look like in issue two. I can only imagine Kyle as a rabbit or you know You just wait, dude. Corbin. You just wait. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey guys, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'll be back. I'll be back uh, right, shortly, bro. hopefully. I'm gonna run and do the top ten. All right, I think for me, it's not even just the product, although it looks amazing. It's the passion you have for it. And it's like, like myself, I was like, you know what? I don't even want the book. I want it signed. Like I want, you want to be a part of that. You want, you're not, like you said, not make, not trying to make a profit off. It's trying to share. It's what product that you have that you're good at, that you're like, Hey, it's a collaboration. We're trying to share it with people as many as they can get their hands on it. And I think just by making it affordable, having all these really awesome perks at a great price, it just speaks in such a way. It's like, Honestly, I'll get your hands on. Like I was like, you know what? Let's just do this right now. So I'm excited. Yeah. And I think that just seeing that and, you know, maybe I always have historically bad luck with funds, but <laughs> times will come up better where I'm going to want to get my hands on some cards and really just be a part of this because it's really cool. And it's something that you get behind. And when you throw your money at so much other things and you really are at home with nothing to do, why not get your hands on a great book? Not a great cause, but the mindset behind it by people who know what they're doing. Like it'd be one thing if, Let's say I wrote a comic and like, you know, I know about some comics, but I wouldn't know the first thing we're writing a script or anything. They literally going from the actual Marvel method of writing. You have great artwork, a proven writer, a great product, affordable price. Like, I don't know how you lose on that. So, I mean, mm-hmm. just get on that, y'all. I mean, sheesh. I'm, I'm, I'm just happy that I made to get on it. No, it's great, man. And, you know, the, you know, the whole thing about profits and stuff like that is, is it's, um, you know, when you start actually understanding what you could potentially make from something like this, if you're not, you know, charging $40 for 40 pages kind of thing, um, you yeah. start realizing it's probably better in in everybody's interest just to, like, start a website mm. and then have the book, number one, on the website that you can always go back to and then just give everybody the second book and, and then yeah. and just keep building on your property and your ideas and, and just expand, expand, expand. And, but have a place where people can go to get those cards later or a place where people can go to get a t-shirt later or a place where people can go to get the number one, to find out the origin Mm. instead of trying to bank on, I'm going to, I'm going to just going to, you know, get a hundred thousand dollars now and a year and a half later, even though the comic only costs, you know, $10,000 to put out to the backers, and I get a $90,000. It's like, what are you doing, man? Get a day job. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, sure. <laughs> you know, do, do, do your passion project and make it passionate. Don't milk people, you know, give them what they need, especially like Matt pointed out. And again, dude, I know I'm just like kind of blowing you on this, but you were the one that really Sorry, kind of wanted good. me to, <laughs> you were the one that kind of really wanted me to realize, hey, man, a lot of people are out of work right now. This is shocking people. Are you sure you want to do this right now? And Kurt and I talked about it and we're like, this is the perfect time to have a funny book. <laughs> you know, this is the absolute perfect time to, to 
make sure people got a book for five bucks and three bucks shipping. You know, that's yeah. it. So anyway, I'll let you guys wrap up. I got to go. The wife's like doing whatever. Thank you so much, Matt, Kyle. Yeah, no Corbin. problem. Thank yeah, you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Love you guys. Thank yeah, you and good luck. And we'll, we'll touch base with you soon to find out how yeah. things are going. Does it yeah, go sure. PayPal or anything like that? Or do you have to put your credit card and stuff in? Shit, I don't know. I can't wait for issue two to see to see Kaya Kyle as a panda. That's that's what I think should be issue two. You you guys you guys write me, tell me what animals you want to be, and we'll make it happen. Oh man. We have to get that like a, a like a variant. You too. Yeah. Everybody we'll get, tell we'll me. We have to get that like a variant are. cover or something for us. Duke <laughs> turn to a special very, variant cover. I have to take a shower real quick because of what you just said. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you right now, we'll we'll put you in the book. Kurt, Kurt and I were talking about it since the last time, but tell me what animals you want to be. We we'll got we got to hook it up with a variant cover, like a, an absolute geek variant cover. That's what I'm talking oh about. Oh my god! Did you say that last time? No, you you brought up no. last time about us being in the book about them going on. You want to be in a bar or something? Like, yeah. Hey, yeah. Now we'll I'm I'm up in the ante saying variant cover. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like All every right, time you, you come on the show, the Andy's gonna up. Like it, it started out as Kyle wanting a ray gun shirt, and then we waited four years for that to be done, and now it's now it, it went to to being in the book, and now we want a variant cover, so it, it's gonna yeah. Andy up. The Andy's gonna go up. Animal, huh? Oh God! All right, all right. Take it easy, guys. I, I want to be something that takes fight, though. <laughs> Kyle be some of that fight. All right, Greg, have a good night. Thanks for joining us. I want to be a motherfucking demon. There you go. You want to be a demon? I think a panda. And I just thought of that because of your black hair and your gray beard. Black? Oh, black hair. Wow. <laughs> we are having what? a good show. All right. Good show. We've been at it for 73 minutes, and then now Corbin's got to bring, bring make it a racial issue. Huh? Honestly, that flew by so fast. It does not feel like it's been an hour and change. That's two interviews, man. An interview. That was like an Inception interview. We had an interview within an interview. And then the guy we were interviewing interviewed the other guy we were interviewing. It was fantastic. Yeah. Inception of an interview. Mind blowing. Only that's the kind of shit you only get here. Only way. Where are my moderators tonight? Let me call out my moderators real quick. None of our moderators are here. So I'm trying to pay attention and moderate the chat. People are letting us down. People are letting us down. Is if Dan Saw was to write the story of this. Trying episode. to monitor the chat. Whatever, dude. I, I was. I did. Um, what's his name? Chuck had a couple comments that I had to approve because he used some swears. So. Did he say sub fuckers? Yep, he did. He used some swears. But uh, what, what? Yeah, what about Dan Slot there, Corbin? Your favorite comic book writer of all time? I'm just saying. If he, if he had Fuck written. That guy. Now, why do we feel? I'm, I'm, I want to ask you this. I'm glad you said that, Kyle, because fine, you know, I'm breaking I'll tell you exactly why. He was what? what? I'll tell you exactly why? Fuck that okay, guy. Okay, cool. Well, first of all, I mean, he left Iron Man today, which or what was today, right? That means it was fucking garbage. It, it was pretty bad. It was pretty. I, bad. Just, okay, here, I haven't read it, but I'm going to tell you exactly what happened with it. We okay. Started it out really good. This is going to be a great story. No, 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 I'm Dan Slott. It took a shit. Well, he, <laughs> he said that this was a wrap on his 25th plot and that this was always the plan, which immediately makes me think that this wasn't the plan. Exactly. Like, if you have to say there's always a plan that you're leaving, 
then it wasn't the planet you're leaving. But like in general, why do people hate him so much? Aside from him being like a mediocre to subpar writer, because I don't think he's a great writer. You, have, you just answered your own question. Yeah, I was gonna say you answered your own question, bro. The hate for it is almost as if he it's like life. Because he, you know what? What did he do to anyone? Did you not read enough Dan Slot stories? I read most of his Spider Man run. And you don't feel that way? Oh, Damn, Dan Slot's on the No, he's not. He shit the bed again. Oh, oh, it's a great story. Oh, you can tell he's running out of shit to write. Up, oh, it's fucking it, a yeah. flail ending. I that's, think it's that's it. Dan Slot in a nutshell. Yeah, that, that's a perfect example. Kyle hit it on the head because you ha- he has greatness in him. He has greatness. He wrote good stuff for Amazing Spider-Man. Superior Spider-Man, I think, is some of the best stuff he's ever written. Uh, but it did the same thing. It like it yeah. was awesome. It was going great, and then went. And then it was like someone at Marvel said, "All right, well, this is cool, but we want Peter Parker back. It's time to bring him back." And then it shit the bed. Like, and then it shit the bed. Yeah, that's that's his his whole Spider Man thing. Is he he builds up and he gets you going. All of his events build up, get you going, and then they shit the bed. He he's like both dudes in the sack. Yeah, he can he's he can open. He just can't finish and can't seal the deal. He can't, can't cut the deal. deal. And he, it's a good start, and then in the middle it gets rocky, and then it's just it, you're just not satisfied. I think for me it was the fact that maybe I didn't have. Oh, <laughs> I can't let that slide. That was a good one, Kyle. <laughs> you just roll over and go good night. <laughs> How'd I do? Good night. We'll talk tomorrow. No, I, I didn't I, do. I fucking didn't fucking end it well, but I'm still just gonna roll over and go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I just maybe it was because I had I didn't have as high expectations about it. It's not like it was Scott Snyder or I don't know for me. So I see what you're saying. Now I look at him like, Hey, okay. stuff that, that you should be like, Holy shit. Like Spider-Man, there should no be reason, no reason why we're reading, we're reading shitty Spider-Man stories. But we've been doing an character as Spider-Man. And I'm doing this to all writers. Spider-Man is such an awesome character. There should be no reason there are shitty stories for Spider-Man. The last year and a half has been the worst Spider-Man stories. I pulled it. I stopped. I stopped. I pulled it off my my pull list. It's been trash. I get what you mean, though. In general, I stay, I agree completely with you. Like there's certain characters that you just shouldn't screw up. Batman, Tom King shouldn't have been screwed up. Oh, like I figured it was, would circle back to this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had to be a, shouldn't <laughs> screw up. Okay, good night, y'all. It's been fun. I figured it would circle back to this. You do not talk about God of my guys like how you do not, okay? <laughs> no, but honestly, I just, I don't know. I, I I was reading all the vitriol about today, and I was just like, okay, I get he's not great. I wouldn't even say, like, he has, I guess you're right, it's the potential in it. You know what but I mean? But it's not even, like, that he can't, it's not even that he, he can't finish, you know? Like Kyle said, his book is literally, like, you just get done finished. He's like, "Did you come?" And she's like, "No, not really." He's like, "Well, I did." Okay, good night. That's it. And it's not that he can't finish. It's that he does it and he picks the dumbest plot points and the stupidest way for shit to end. True. And he starts it out great. You 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 read the first few issues of what he's doing, and you're like, "Fuck yeah, Dan Slott's gonna do it this time." I'm on the fence because he's fucking he's fucking kicked me in the balls before, but I think he's gonna do it this time. All right, it's getting good. Uh oh, here's the filler issues. Uh oh, we're in the middle. It's it's getting rocky. Fuck, now he's have to read to finish, and I'm mad at you, Dan Slot. Oh, there's the end. 
Thank you for another shitty ending. Fuck you, Dan Slot. Right? All right. No love is lost there. No, I'm playing. But also, it, um, that's, that's why it makes me so mad is because when you start his stories, they're fucking awesome. They do have a great start one. Yes, they do. Yeah, like me. I've got good ideas, but I can't make it into something. I have to, like, Matt. Matt, who takes my ideas and he, he helps make it into something. I, may, I have these things, but I can't create it into something but i have this great foundation that i can make with things oh i'm totally with you on that like ideas but not the execution to pull it off which yes. is why you'll see me in the dms to matt hey man we, we should do this and we should do that I, I wouldn't know like my limits at least like let's say tech wise like the capabilities of it aren't there but the idea the spark is so i'm with you on that where dan slot i guess the idea is there for some of it and then he just kind of regresses gordon like Corbin, did you just say you're trying to slide into my dms He's trying to slide in your butthole. Yeah. I mean, I, I, whoa, 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 whoa. He's trying to oh, do listen. weird things in my DMs. No, 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 no. I, I was just saying, as you know, for, for Spinner Rack, which, by the way, y'all, Sunday night, check it. Oh, here, we go. here we go with this shit again. Check out Spinner Rack on Sunday. It's happening. It's going to be a good show. Right? It's gonna, I'm excited to see it. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you. Thank no, you. No, he's excited Kyle. to shit yeah. on it. Is exactly well, what it is. He shit on it because you guys are working hard on it. There's no reason to Kyle's shit on like, it. I got an extra special dump that's Thank been you, brewing to take right on top of this. Kyle's being good right now. Come on, Matt. Let's not make him be mad at you. No, I'm playing. But honestly, Look like, face. Look at that. Face. I'm excited. Let's, I'm just saying. But also, um, so Marvel Comics is going to start back on the 27th. I saw it today. Are they? It's going to start, they're going to start, uh, they plan to release, uh, resume release to start on the 27th. It's going to be uh, Amazing Spider-Man 43, Avengers 33, Marauders 10, Star Wars, Doctor Afra, and then Venom 25. Spider-Man uh, was good. Amazing Spider-Man's been all right. All, and then the, the Craven stuff was good. I haven't read past that, though. Yeah, I mean, I... I it's been a couple months. I, around the new year, I was just... Done. Year. Don't fuck backpedal now, Corbin. No, 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 no. Listen, I'm, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell you exactly what I know. He, they included. They had a crossover with, um, um, Spider-Man 2099. Yes. And I found myself buying the books. And I, I'm a reader. I want to read the books first. And the artwork is like just as good for me. I'm not buying the book just for the art. I don't I only. Is Ryan still drawing it? Huh? Is Ryan Otley still drawing it? Um, last I saw, yeah. Last, I haven't, like I said, I haven't been on in a while. But, but it was, I, I liked the Spider-Man 2099, but I couldn't get over the fact that the stories were so dumb. Like, it, I was just wasting my time. And then I'm only getting it because the art artwork was stunning, but I don't get books for that. The only book I can say that I've ever had in my head that I love the artwork for, that I would buy the book just for the artwork, was that Batman Spawn book. And the writing was okay, and I just love the art on that. Like, the colors and everything. So I got annoyed. I don't know how it's been the last couple of months, but it was just – I was mad with that whole thing. I'm, I'm going to call it right now. I'm going to call it right now. Let's hear it. He's calling it. Donnie Cates oh, is the no. hottest name at Marvel right now. Would you agree or disagree? Well, is that really saying a whole lot? So hold on. Hold on. So when they come I back, like when they come back to get things back on track, I'm marking it right now, May 1st, 2020. By the end of next year, Donny Cates is writing Spider-Man. I wouldn't be mad if at that. Fucking, if he puts fucking Ghost Rider in there, dude, I'm going to find him. If he puts Cosmic Ghost Rider in there, I'm going to find him and I'm going to fucking punch him. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think I think that... You put, you not put some bullshit new character in there. 
in Spider-Man. I don't want to see fucking Cosmic Ghost Spidey. I don't want to see Incredible Hulk Spidey. I don't want to see any... I'll fucking find you, Donnie, and I'm going to fucking... I, it, I, it's all. I think we're at a, an interesting and, and a pivotal crossroads with all this because hmm. we've been at, what, three or, four, three or four weeks without comics now? Yeah, just about. So it's given people a lot of time to, oh, to kind of palate cleanse. And now we're going to come back. And when we come back, they're going to see what titles pick up again and what, what stay falling off. So I think that you're going to see major creative teams get jumbled up and things change. And you're going to see Marvel go, okay, well, we need to, to change our writers to get our big characters off of the ground. Everything. <laughs> because if, if it comes back in Thor, the, the Thor run he's writing and the Venom stuff he's doing, it's outselling Spider-Man, which is one of your key Marvel guys. Then you need to get a new writer for Spider-Man. Exactly. There's going to be changes that are made. And I, I think Donny Cates is going to end up on Spider-Man after he's done with everything, though. Brian Michael Bendis did it for a long time, and then he went to DC and sucked. Um, but, He wasn't doing too hot at Marvel at the end. Either. I loved his all-new X-Men stuff. His X, well, all-new X-Men up until the, the point where he turned Bobby Drake gay, which I have no problem with that, but I've always been been an advocate for you know if you give the gay superheroes their own character what's that the brian michael bendis is kind of hit and miss yeah but he can write but i think well like i know with miles and stuff but like that is like i think he'd be a good spidey new spidey writer if they could bring him back because he killed it on on ultimate he yes. uh, and and the miles stuff so yeah Start saying he can write Spidey. He can write. I mean, they should get him back to do. I don't know. I mean, dude, it's not good. This may be putting you on the spot, Matt. But aside, and guess Kyle, you too. Aside from Donny Cates, who would you consider even the next? Let's say two people who could be even reasonably contenders for the top guy at Marvel right now. I'm just saying they're 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 like DC in the movies where they're kind of in shambles. In my opinion, in terms of quality. Now, that's not to say that Donny Cates, I like Donny Cates. He's a good writer. I'm not saying that, oh, he's only, like, he's he's their best one they have. Yes, but I also think, like, the list isn't that big. You know what I mean? That's not a slight to Cates. It's just it's not that big a list. You know, well, it's I like mean, me saying, me and, like, I don't know, the members of some random mediocre podcast I'm the best podcaster there is. Yeah, I'm a good podcaster, but not. I'm not. About us, <laughs> yeah, he is no, talking about. Oh us. no, I'm not. Oh god, guys, <laughs> I said some random. We read, hey, I'm reading between the lines too. No, are you talking about somewhere where you sit I next am, to a fire? I am grateful to be on this show, guys. No, no, <laughs> yeah. Think of any other podcast that you may assume. I'm just saying an example. What about a playground? Yeah. No, 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 stop. Are you, yeah, are you talking I mean, about some great some uh, geeks that might be a little grizzled? I'm just getting myself in trouble. No, no, no. Let's say I reviewed TV shows. No, not TV shows. That's couch. Let's say I reviewed some fudge. You just said uh, couch crunchers. You're just throwing no, all these names. No, out I'm now. trying to. Let's say I reviewed a food. Let's say I did a food podcast and it was yeah, me and a mediocre food podcasters. And I was. I'm a good podcaster, but to list. It, wait, is there is there a food podcast I don't know about? You got a problem with geeks who eat? Oh my god! 
Forget I'm Corbin. I'm beating the shit on everybody. <laughs> Corbin's got a list and he's hitting them all. <laughs> We're throwing this to the sun. Forget this. I'm done. I'm not trying to fit any podcast groups. I'm just keep saying. Keep on digging. Corbin. Yeah. Keep on digging. Corbin. <laughs> Basically, if there was. Hypothetically. Hypothetically speaking. A podcast group. Kyle, let's use Kyle. Kyle's in a mediocre podcast. Kyle's a good podcaster, but there's not a lot of good ones next to him. Okay. Forget this. I'm done with this. Kyle is not a mediocre podcaster. The man has his own signature shirt. He's got his face on a t-shirt. All right. He's got his face on a t-shirt. The link down below. Support the show. Buy the Kyle shirt. I'm called Cockasaurus Rex. You got one of those too. We can sell that too. I'm joking. Forget the analogy. All I'm trying to say is what <gasps> that's Corbin's doing? rascal right there. A Toronto. Uh, he's gonna be a dinosaur. He's gonna be a, t- a T-Rex. A teenage T-Rex. <gasps> that's what you should be in the rascals. That's what I just said. That you said? Yes. I spaced out. I get, what, I get what you're saying, Corbin. I I understand what you're saying. No, I understand your point. We get you. No, I, no, I know y'all did. I'm, I'm messing. Around. I was trying to think of a better analogy. I'm still here trying to think because I'm just like catching what you're throwing. You are. It's not offending anyone. I want to get in trouble with no, any of them. I mean, you've already <laughs> hit everyone on your list, so I don't know who was really oh, left for you to offend. Lord. But <laughs> the next anyway. thing you're gonna do is this. I'm the greatest. Yeah. Yeah, probably. No, I'm not the no. I'm just waiting for two sparklers to come up on the side of your of you and a banner to roll out from behind you that says "World's Greatest Podcaster." (laughs) Just ruining my whole yeah, I know. But I think to answer your question, I think Hickman and Kate are the two biggest names at Marvel right now. That's what I said. I wouldn't mind Hickman trying a run at Spider Man. But I think he's a good writer, though. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he can keep up with the the way Spidey is. But he's a good writer. I don't see why he couldn't. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Like, there's someone who he can at least hold, put a, a, a foot in the door, or whatever. There you go. Solo, what he just said, Velasa Corbin in the Rascals. Oh my god, oh Velasa Corbin. <laughs> 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 the fuck was that? That was the, that was a velociraptor call. <laughs> I don't know. Or a honey badger. That's what Kyle should be. Is the honey badger? Dude, I'm I'm. Oh, what can I? His be? gears are returning. They are, man. I'm so excited. But I've I've always been an advocate for bringing in fresh talent. Let new writers come in. Let fresh. Indie people that are out there writing good they stuff. Tried that out. and it didn't work. With who? When did they try Marvel that? Marvel did that. They fleshed in a bunch of new writers, a bunch of new artists, and it was a bunch of garbage. Well, they did that. They did that. And we talked shit about Marvel weekend, and we Marvel's shitty right now. And that's what they, because that's what they did. They brought in a bunch of writers and a bunch of artists, and it didn't work. We talk shit DC's for like out two there years. Signing everyone to exclusives and shit. What? That's because DC's out there signing everyone to. Could you imagine Scott Snyder on Spider Man? 
No, you imagine I don't what think he's no. gonna no. Oh, dude, I, I don't think, think he would, would do well on it at all. I think he would I turn that comic around. A, really? I think everyone, but you have to remember his writing is a little too dark for Spidey. I there you go. I was gonna say their talent lends itself to that character. I think Tom he would been amazing on Vision. He would do exactly for Spider Man what he did for Batman, which would, in my opinion, which wouldn't be bad, as long as it's not a twelve issue love series. But I think it would be kind of cool to have, as Spidey is going through and doing stuff, having those. And that internal thoughts back and forth going on that that Tom King kind of does and that drawn out kind of poetry thing that he does, I think it would actually be kind of cool for Spider Man. Mm-hmm. That would be an interesting but, take. You know what I mean? Like, because you know how like he kind of draws it out a little bit, and but there's a lot of like thinking going on, and I think that would actually be cool with Spider Man. I think, like you know how cool him thinking these these sarcastic comments and these these quick witted things, but it's only the things that he's thinking about, and and then you only get to hear because you know Spidey's a quick witted dude, and I guarantee you're only hearing like a third of what's actually running through his brain. It would be cool to have more of this drawn out thought thing as as he's fighting and going through. And, that develops a little faster. Yeah, I wouldn't even mind like a Matt Fraction writing Spider Man interesting that is interesting i would really i'm a, i would be on the fence with that i really have to uh, I, he I did great things with uh, hawkeye but that's what i'm saying man. i don't think you can just take these characters one to the other and make them a fit i don't think it works like, yeah. like yes yeah, some writers are so good that they can transcend the material they're writing about and make it into oh you know a certain um what is it called like certain writers can make it so that they can um Right from one writer to the other effortlessly. Others, I don't think that works. You have writers who do really good on one book and just do not completely get it for the other one. And then they crash and burn. It's like, how they do so bad? And some of these writers are good. They just don't get a grasp on characters. Frank Miller didn't know how to write Superman. Still doesn't know how to write Superman at all. <laughs> Batman doesn't know how to write a Batman book other than Dark Knight Returns either. But he gets so. Batman. He just kind of degraded Batman into a caricature of himself. But that... Bat, that book got the essence of Batman. It did. Even Batman Year One. That was Batman. You could say two books had Batman. I just like after that, <laughs> that he expanded his repertoire and tried to the Justice League. Mind you, it wasn't a regular book, but the point being, certain writers just don't get certain characters. Just like certain movie directors don't get. It. I mean, look at Zack Snyder thinking that Batman killed people. You know what I mean? Like, there's just I just don't think it works. Just as he knocked Watchmen out the park, he bombed terribly on Batman and Superman. It's just certain people who just don't get certain characters. And that's why I don't think you could say, oh, I'll plug this guy into this book, and he'll make it all better. I mean, Brian Michael Bendis has been pretty off and on, and he's been on a bunch of different books. Oh, he's been awful since he went to DC. Well, he doesn't oh. get a writer on DC. He doesn't get the vibe. No, it's terrible. He has even more so I was so excited for that. see than he does on Marvel. I think we can all agree on that. That's kind of why he went to DC. He has more control, and yet his work is worse, right? I, I just just sitting here and I, I get chills just thinking about we saw what Scott Snyder did with the Joker and, and Batman. It gives me I, chills to think about what he could do with Spider-Man and Green Goblin one last time I just, or I, just any of those rogues. just kind of dark. I think I think he could give and us I think Spider-Man a, being a little too dark. I don't think it would work right. 
I see. I would love to see that a storyline where where Peter is pushed to his limits and he's facing off against his rogues gallery. And I think Scott Snyder could give you an amazing face off between him and Green Goblin and him and Doc Ock and him and, and Vulture and just some of these characters that other other writers haven't been able to to get the voice correct on. I think I think just by Snyder's work in general, his his portfolio of work in general. He would knock that out of the park. I mean, you know, it would be it would be, and then have Albuquerque do the art, dude. Oh fuck, bro, dude! I just filled the cup. That's oh. a, that's the dream team right there. Wow, look at y'all. I just don't. Th- I think Snyder would have a really hard time writing Spider Man. I tend to agree with you. Unfortunately, I just don't see that as something that works. I mean, but I don't know. Tone of it, Spider-Man's character, even when his dark stories, is like juxtaposed with the normal. It's not. I wouldn't say upbeat. He's always fighting tremendous odds. The situation looks dire. But just as a character himself, he's not the brooding type. He's not. He's introspective, but only to a certain point. I mean, you can't breed in that. That's not Spider-Man in general, you know. And I think Snyder's best. I don't. He's great with characters. I just feel like I don't know. I agree with you, but I guess the same reason, pretty much. Just. But, I don't think it's put him on Venom. Put him on Venom. We talked about it in in where he can go a little dark with but it. But I think yeah, exactly. I think Spider-Man needs to go darker because it's been a long time since we've had a Spider-Man storyline where he's faced dire odds. When was uh, the last time you can remember a storyline recent recently one, where okay. where it felt like Spider-Man was was you know against all odds? Dan Slott's last run where you had the whole Venom and, uh, what was it? Was it the Goblin with the uh, Carnage symbiote? I, I didn't feel like, I didn't get that feeling. That was kind of over the top, but yeah. I get what you mean. I don't know. Because it felt like, you know, it, it feels like with, with the writing of Spider-Man now, it's whenever we need a, a storyline, but we don't know how to make it go a darker, it's insert Carnage here. You know, insert Carnage symbiote here. Mm-hmm. Give some shine. I would love to see a dark Doc Ock story with Spider-Man or, you know, any of the other rogues gallery he has. Spider-Man has one of the most deep, one of the deepest and most bountiful rogues galleries in Marvel Comics. True that. So I think think the world is ready for a darker Spider-Man story. I thought, I'm not even going to say it. What? What were you gonna say? Oh, say it. Right, shoot it. Shoot it. We already got Miles. Oh, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Why don't we put? You know what I'd like to see? So ever since Peter David, why don't we have a Spider-Man twenty ninety nine book that is good? Because no one cares about that character. Yeah, I feel like he's different, but Batman Beyond has a cult following. And if Spider-Man twenty ninety nine was the precursor to that futuristic archetype of a hero, we all know his costume's sick. I mean, it's always rendered amazingly. You know what I mean? Good part of the video games, but like, no one cares enough to actually develop the the backstory. It's just it's just Miguel and and Al. Right. There's no, con- and I think that's what's missing is the connection to Peter. Miles had that connection to Peter, and, and given, given that connection to Peter, it it boosted that character. And Miguel Miguel doesn't really have that. You know, it's. I don't know. It, it just never that character Miguel O'Hare never caught on with for me. It just maybe yeah. verse two will do it. I don't. I don't even know then. Isaac, if he comes back, 
No, I'm kidding. I, I doubt it either. I just, it's a shame. Like, I don't know another comic book character I could think of right now that I wish would do, would have that success that I feel doesn't have, like, doesn't have it, but I'm not sure why he doesn't have it. You know what I mean? The reason is there. You're right. They're not enough, uh, uh, enough of a connection. But even Batman Beyond, most of his, except even now, it's, it's yeah, Bruce is still there, but Ink. It, it, it's blight. It's his own character. It's his own story. Like he did enough to continue the Batman mythos. You could throw Mr. Freeze in there once in a while, throw in a, a Ra's al Ghul, a Talia al Ghul once in a while. But for the most part, it's his own story. I'm not thinking of Barbara Gordon and, 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 um, except for some of the reboots, Dick Grayson, when I'm watching Batman Beyond, I'm thinking back, I'm thinking Terry McGinnis, I'm thinking Max, I'm thinking Dana. Like they found a way to develop its own universe, even though it's connected to the original. So, for what reason, why can't Spider-Man 2099 do that? Or other, I don't know, there's probably other books. I'm just, that one's one I'm annoyed by because I really feel like a writer who knows his stuff can make someone want to go into that world. Yeah, right now there's no interest in it. Get a writer who is accomplished. That's why I would think of Snyder or someone who can get people's eyes to that book, give it a chance. And then he develops it. And then you're like, you know what? I like that book. I'm going to go into it, you know? I feel you. I just, I don't. You, you picking what I'm throwing or dropping? Or? I am eating I'm, what you're eating. <laughs> I'm stepping in what you're dropping. Yep. There, yeah, you go. Oh, there you go. Stepping in what I'm, I'm yeah. catching what you're throwing. I'm dropping it like it's hot. So I'll, I just well, speaking of dropping it like it's hot, let's pivot real quick to, uh, to old buddy Harrison Ford. Harrison oh, yeah. Ford in the news again for pivot, pivot, pivot. having yet another issue with an airplane. Dude, they should take away his airplane license. And so not only like does he crash man. land on a golf course, he's now being investigated by the FAA for blatantly ignoring the commands of a um, air traffic control operator. Do you know who I am? I'm goddamn Han Solo. Right. <laughs> this is my Millennium Falcon. <laughs> you know what I did? <laughs> so we have a plane doing a touch-and-go landing, and he's taxiing across a runway, and he cut that he cut that that flight off so it's like and they played the the recording of him talking to the tower and he sounds incoherent and just not all there so i think i think kyle is nailing it on the head at his age they're trying to take driver's license away from old people but this dude's out here still flying planes yeah fuck that take that goddamn fucking yes Pay somebody to fly him somewhere. Dude, if you walked away from a plane crash on a golf course. And kudos to your pilot skills for landing there without without killing yourself. But what more is it gonna take before you're just like I'm done with I'm done flying planes? I'll ride in a plane, but I'm done piloting a plane. I don't think he's realized that he lost his fastball. He just has that arrogance like a like a Justin Bieber to him, you know? Bieber? <laughs> Justin Bieber. <laughs> I think I think he's still up there trying to make the Kessel run in and I he think thinks so he's too. still he's still Han Solo type, and he still mm. thinks he's gonna do that that Kessel run, and so he's trying it. But the you know you gotta let it go, Harrison. You gotta let it go, my man. No it's more, over. No Those more days. Plane. And I, I I almost think that that's what's gonna happen if after the FAA investigate him, that he's gonna get his uh, his pilot's license, license taken away. Yeah. You're playing away. It's gonna get. They're gonna put a boot on it. Yep. Who put that goddamn boot on my goddamn plane? It's it's fucking on solo. <laughs> on some motherfucking snake. I'm gonna 
fly. On my move. Yeah. I'm Indiana goddamn Jones. <laughs> I hope he talks just like that to you. I'm gonna taxi across this fucking runway when I want to, and you aren't gonna stop me. I'm Indiana goddamn Jones. <laughs> uh, That's a cool half. I'm Indiana goddamn Jones. <laughs> I'm Han fucking solo. Do you so uh do you guys think that um rebooting when we open the economy up, rebooting and getting people back in the movie theaters, do you think putting Avengers Endgame back in theaters is a good way to, to get people to go back again? No. Why not, Kyle? Because you've already he, seen it. Yeah, you've already seen it. You own the DVD, you have it in 4K. You know, then you can get it on Disney why Plus. Yeah, yes. why why would you want to go pay more money to see it again? You know what they should do? This is a crazy thought. Put out new goddamn movies. <laughs> I mean, listen, I would oh, sucker for nostalgia. I'm a sucker for nostalgia. I would go back and watch it again. Because the best part of it for me was be two other people in this theater. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, <laughs> <laughs> This is 9 o'clock on Friday. What the fuck is going on here? It's prime time. I don't know why anyone else is here. <laughs> but like... Reclining all four of these recliners. <laughs> what I'm trying to say, though, is like... I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, fuck. That train has left the station. It's gone. It's like, <laughs> it ain't... Okay, no. What I was saying was... It was... <laughs> 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 no. Okay. So... Fudge, fudge, fudge. Um, the reaction. It was for the people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I watched the movie before, but what, what's... I mean, now you're saying... Wait, no, you look over and you'll be like, ha that other lonely guy! He's got a reaction! <laughs> He's got nothing, an erection. Nothing, <laughs> nothing will catch the electricity, though. That's um, not a Snickers bar! <laughs> they need to do another movie marathon. We miss the movie so much. Give us, like, four or five days locked in the movie theater. Fuck that. No, we're tired of being locked in. Yeah, nobody wants to be locked in a movie theater. <laughs> listen, listen, I just, I need something that, like, if it's going to be special, be special. I'm not saying just a new movie, because I, I get them trying to do something to um bring people back together. And that movie was a movie that everyone wanted to come just for, not only for the movie itself, but for the reactions they got. You know, you felt the crowd. Do you remember how electric it was to just have Captain America? Back or yeah, have it was electric the first two times but now that i've watched it a thousand times and own it on 4k and can watch it on disney plus the magic is gone it, it you're not going to get that same magic just because you're sitting next to some random dude with a sweatpants boner four seats away in the movie theater you what? Know? in his popcorn bucket it's a friday night I you're the one it. talking about excitement and magic and i just assume I that like boners electricity Usually when electricity is happening, I got a boner, so. Uh, I don't get boners being stopped, unfortunately. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get that uh, that jolt boner? Come on. Now, now, now we know what Matt does after podcast. Yep. Gotta get that electric shock. In my old age, it's the only way to get it up. You gotta stick your finger in a light oh socket. Oh my gosh, okay, I'm done with talk. <laughs> but there was a, the Hollywood pr- Reporter conducted a, a poll. It, speaking of this, they conducted a poll. And they, yep. 
to see how many people would be willing to go back to a movie theater once it once it opened. And surprisingly enough, forty nine percent to forty five percent said that they would they would trust going back to a movie theater. They would. Yes, they would. So half. So basically half. So it's split right down the middle. I mean, I went to watch Invisible Man at, while all that stuff was going on. If you remember, that was close enough to the targeted that people were worried about. And I was like, sick. keep, huh? You also got sick. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> I had nothing to say. You took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> So, uh, point proven. Yeah. Me up there. So, like, uh, let's see. If you're keeping counting at home and keeping track, that's one Kyle, zero for Corbin. <laughs> Dang. Uh. Well, I had nothing to say. <laughs> At least I didn't go so. No, I'm fine. Whatever. The point being, listen, we've been quarantined enough. At this point, I'm sure they have all the movie theaters. Could <laughs> Oh my gosh, sorry. Wow, sorry, we're boring you. What I want what I want from Endgame though is I want a director's cut. I want a director's cut of Endgame that includes two more seconds. That includes the Hulk seeing or Banner and Hulk having a conversation inside the Soul Stone, which is what that's supposedly what he saw in the Soul Stone when he snapped his fingers. And I want to see that that footage of Tony talking to his daughter in there as well. And just get that director's cut, and then that, the the shots That's of Doctor Strange, the shots of Doctor Strange in the Iron Man armor. You know, what you should pay for is better internet. I have great internet. Not right now. <laughs> I think that's you, buddy. My internet's fine. We're good, my friend. It's an incorrect statement. We're good. I'm good. Choppy Matt. No. Sir. Well, I will say, if you want to bring, um, um. If you want to bring people back to the theaters, you want you know what you know you know what you gotta do? Release the Snyder cut. Oh my god. No, release, release Kyle's sex tape. Snyder cut. Oh. Bring the Snyder cut, people. Nobody people cares about theaters. nobody cares about that movie in the they first very place. Much still do. No. They very much do. There's no more people out. No, that this is why it's perfect though, Kyle, because it freshens it back up again. No, it doesn't. You go. Snyder Cut? Snyder Cut's in theaters? Yeah, You're telling me right now. You're telling me right now that the Snyder Cut's in theaters. Y'all wouldn't go see that. Straight to DVD. Y'all yep. lie. Get it at Redbox. HBO Max that shit. That's the only way I'm watching it. Because I'm not paying Are to go. Serious? That movie sucked balls and ass the first time. I'm not going to go see it in the theaters again. Snyder Cut is a totally different movie for it's all we know. It's the same damn movie. Oh, it's the Snyder Cut. It's the same damn acting. It's going to be the same damn movie. It's just the cut. Where are people in the in the comments defending me? Where, where are they at, though? They're asleep. You put them to sleep. Well, that's why I was yawning myself. You got people screaming Cockasaurus and... The Snyder Cut, y'all. Follow, follow my lead. All right. Solo Wookie says, maybe thanks will win this time. And, and Thanos. Then he, then he corrected to Thanos. <laughs> yeah. But... Many thanks will win. So that's what's going to doctors are going. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, motherfucker, here's the fucking gauntlet. But I hate to say it. I hate eating crow. I hate but it. I'm ready for it. I hate it with a passion. But I'm going to eat crow right now and say that 
maybe, possibly. I don't even want to finish this fucking sentence. But you're gonna. Kyle was right about the way people want to consume movies going forward. And oh hell no! Video on demand is gonna be a bigger, a bigger thing going forward. I think you're. I think Kyle was right. You're gonna see a simultaneous release of in theaters and on then. demand. I stand alone then because movie theaters are institution. Don't let some little virus take away from the fact that people will go to the theaters. Home watching movies is great. You know, just a couple weeks ago, we were making fun, not a couple weeks ago, months ago, we were making fun of Matt for a digital code. Obviously, we are not at the world where it's commonplace to go and watch movies digitally. Theaters will I be think more people, people will enjoy watching think, it at home. I think the trolls worldwide on-demand numbers beg to differ, sir. What trolls worldwide numbers? The, the movie Trolls Worldwide did double the numbers the first Trolls movie made only being released on demand. It's a Trolls movie. So what? Yeah, but everybody was watching it. Give me a larger sample everybody, size. Everybody's watching it, though. It's going to be... a larger sample size than one movie. And I hope a, you're not comparing it during the one time where no one else can go look, anywhere. But you're living in a... We're living in a new world now. So you don't know how people are going to want to consume... It, yeah, if, they if, just did a poll. We just talked about a poll where fifty percent of the or forty six percent of the people said that they don't want to go to the movies anymore. They don't. They wouldn't trust going back to a movie theater. Three weeks in a new world. Listen, listen. It's not a they, new hope. What are you talking world. about? This this has been going on since November. Yeah, it's it's been a lot longer. Yeah, people flock theaters still. It's been different with November. With the, I guess you're right. You're right. I'm talking about this coronavirus. We don't know, but to go and say, oh, it's all gonna go to home now. When people are anxious to get out of home, they might go to theater. No, it's not going to all go to home. It's just going to be like a simultaneous release. You can go to the movie theater, but you also, for for $15, you have the ability to watch it at home. Theaters yeah. are going to lose so much money doing it from home. There is no way that Black Widow is going to do a simul on, on theater and on movie. They're putting it – they delayed it because you get more at the gate at the movie theater. You have to pay like 100 bucks. Kevin Smith did a great breakdown of why they wouldn't do that for those big-time movies. Maybe your Trolls or some direct-to-DVD video, I agree with you, but you're not going to get your money at home for some huge product. I mean, you're not getting your next, I don't know, Marvel movie direct I get you the next Marvel movie, a shitload of people will get it from home. I would bet you some money that they will not. It, you, you'd have to put an astronomical price on it. I mean, unless you're paying a premium to watch it from the enjoyment of your home, like 75 bucks or something, because you, you're, you're racking a lot more at the gate, at the movie theater than you were at home. Like, you have yeah, to think about the movie theater is getting that money, not the movie. They're getting a substantial enough amount that they haven't transitioned to doing it from home yet. That's, that's right. what AMC's bitch and complaint is with Universal and why they're saying they're not going to put Universal movies in their theater because the theater gets a cut, a bigger cut of that movie and those profits when it's in the theaters. So that's why they're going against on demand. And I, you know, I think Kyle's Kyle's right. And it took a pandemic to fucking make me admit that. But I think Kyle was right. People are going to switch the way they consume because look, people have nice TVs. They have nice sound systems. They're in the comfort of their own home. You can pause it. There's nothing worse than getting up in the middle of a movie and running to the bathroom and running back. There's not assholes on their cell phones. There's not the stupid people in front of you talking the whole time. You're in the comfort of your own home watching. Don't get me wrong. 
there are people like Matt and you that will always love the theater experience. But there's a lot of people who don't. Like, I hate going to the movie theater. If I go to the movie theater, that means it, it, I, ha- I really, 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 really wanted to see it. Just like every time we talk about movies, what do I always say? What? Have you seen it yet? I'll watch it on Redbox. Oh, you Redbox because I'll wait till I get. I'll wait till I can watch it at home. I like it better. I'm in. I'm more comfortable in my own environment. I can watch it the way I want to watch it. If I want to lay in bed with some M and M's and some microwave popcorn, I I can do it. And I think a lot of people feel that way now. I think you're going to see that when we come out on the other side of this pandemic, it's going to change the way it already has changed the way people view the way things were done before. And movie theater is going to be one of them. Chad or solo Wookie just said they'll do two, three weeks in theaters and then in home with almost no wait. I, I agree. I think I that's what it's going to be. It's going to, I think bigger blockbusters are going to offer. Theater's always going to be there. It's, it's a date thing. It's a, mm-hmm. uh, outing for the family once in a while but you know most the and with this pandemic for a family to four right now for if you like if i were to go to the movies with me see and another thing is you go to the movies by yourself right yeah you pay for yourself you pay for your popcorn you pay for your drink right it's a 30 dollar experience for you right yeah i go to the movies i'm paying for me i'm paying for my wife and I'm paying for two kids. So how much do you think that cost me to go to the movies? Over a hundred. If they made it forty dollars, where I can watch it at home. But they're not going to reduce the price to watch at home. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You're just going to be paying the same thing for the company. Well, you don't. You, you, so you don't think that they're sitting there? All these theater and movie awesome. companies. It's like what ten bucks a ticket to go to the movies? Yeah. Well, twelve bucks. Twelve yeah, bucks. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way. No. I think for, I mean, mathematically, they would have to do that. There's no way you're going to go, oh, otherwise they've been doing it. We're going to give you the same price to watch it from home. No, they're I not. Think, I think you're going to see bigger movies that are, have a $100 million budget or whatever. These these big blockbusters will, will always go to theater first. But you can't tell me you don't think that there's these studios are sitting here watching these movies make this money. And they're like, this is this is the way it's going to go. The way we consume stuff is, is going to be completely changed. I'm, I'm sure they're going to adapt. I, if I, I agree with you both on that fact, another reason why I think it's going to be is what's here. The news alone said it's going to take six years for our economy in Arizona to recover from this. Yeah, that that goes to tell you right now that theaters are not going to be packed because there are so many people out of work, and six years for to. There's a lot of jobs not coming back. So if it's either, fuck, I can do something with my family for a hundred bucks, or hey, I could do my sandwich for, they're still making money. The theater isn't making a bunch of money because they're not. You're not getting the overpriced popcorn. You're not getting the overpriced drink. But those people who say, man, I really can't spend a hundred plus dollars for my family for to go. But you know what? It's Friday night. We can swing forty bucks. That's what a lot of people are going to be doing for a long time. Grizzle Geek just said, this is the start of the downfall of theaters. They will not go the way of bookstores, but will be smaller. In five years, only blockbusters will hit theaters with smaller movies going straight to VOD. 
the time of 30 screen theaters will be no more. We'll see four to six screens max. And I and I think he's onto something, and I think Kyle's onto something because you they the the poll we, that Hollywood Reporter did is out of the consensus, the small group of people they asked. Theaters have got to cut down; they've got to reduce, so they're only going to be selling every other seat. So that's a reduction in the number of people seeing the movie, the number of tickets being sold. That's going to cause the price of the ticket to go up, plus the price of popcorn and concessions to go up. Yeah, it's going to cause inflation, which it, at that point. Would you rather just buy your own shit and watch it for twenty bucks at home for twenty four hours, or spend double that to go to the theater? Because you got to think already. If there's a six foot distance of people, how many seats is that? Five. Six, I guess. Yeah, but we're assuming that when they open back up, they're just gonna go back to normal. We'll just transition. They like, already said they're not. They have to when they yeah. open them back up. They have. To, they can only sell every 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 other seat. Okay. Which I think is still too close because the seats aren't six feet apart. I can agree with that. I mean, if they're gonna if they're gonna make restaurants only sell out twenty five percent of their space that they're allowed of of occupancy, you don't think they're gonna do that to movie theaters too? Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I still gotta hold out. I, I get you. I, I think no, that no, be- there's always gonna be people. That love going to the there's, there's there is a experience that goes with going to the theater. There's nothing like walking into a movie theater after you've had the person your tickets and they rip them and they hand them back to you. You get your big thing of popcorn. You yep. you put too much fucking butter on it. No, there's never too much. And you shake it and then you eat half of it before the fucking the use, trailers I, are done. So you run out real fast to get it refilled. There, there is there's an experience but there's a lot of people i think that there's a this epic this pandemic has scared a lot of people so like so like i am in that group where they tell you not to be around a lot of people mm. i have asthma i have high blood pressure i have a lot of things where they're telling you don't don't go outside unless you need to so, what? I said it makes sense. I get and what I'm you just, mean. And I'm just fat, so I, you know. And, I, and if I've been out of work for X amount of time, <laughs> yeah. the last thing I want to do is go spend a fortune at the movie theater. True. And I think that's where a, a lot of America is at right now. So as a movie theater, as a movie company of Columbia Beer Max, these companies, are they going to say, okay, we can only do shit in theaters because that's the way a movie should be? Or, okay, people aren't going to, 49 people, percent of people who went to movies are going to stop. How are we going to still get money from that 49%? So if 31% of that 49% rent the movie from home for 24 hours, you don't think they're not going to do that? I again, you make a good point. I get it. I mean, I, just I, 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 I think a lot of it is reactionary just because everyone's at home, and of course, the immediate knee jerk reaction is, "Oh no, I'm done with movie theaters. This is this is the new wave." You know what I mean? And then as we transition back to normal life, for I'm sure you and others who have this are going to be okay. Like I get that, and the majority who are in the poll or whatever are going to transition to life as is. Because right now, it's easy to say, "Oh, this has changed everything for me," because this is the new normal right now. But then, when normal is back to normal. <laughs> 
what do we do then? That, I guess that's why I'm like, I'm not going for a lot of these knee-jerk, oh, the fast food's changed forever. We may be able to have our drinks delivered to us. No, I feel like when we go back to what it is, the status quo will remain the same. It's going to take a not, long it's, time. Yeah. It's gonna oh, long I know that. Grizzle, like Grizzle Geek just said, it, he's not going back to a theater. Someone who loves movies isn't going back to a theater until a vaccine is out. Well, that's that's a small. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I, well, I guess that, I, that's a majority. But that's how a majority of the population feel. Like you, so you're looking at like you're looking at a lot of unrest because you have it split. You have the people that are out there protesting. Open the open the the states. Open the states. Open the states. Open and then the you have theater. the people at home that are like, "You're an idiot." No, you know? and, and you always have to remember how many people are out of work right now. Mm-hmm. That's the hard part. What at what point does it does it become more essential to let people have their jobs back because you can't put the economy on hold for much longer. Yeah. It's, it's all, uh, I'm just saying the new norm is different than people. There's a lot of people out there that are going to have a difference of the way they are. Like I'm one of those people where I have a totally different outlook to a lot of things in the world right now. And I and I don't think that is gonna. I don't think once they go, okay, everything's better already. I don't think I'm gonna be one of those people that are like swinging back to the way I was. I, I I think there's gonna be because you know what this pandemic has truly taught us mm-hmm. is it it's so easy for everything to be gone. That's true. And a lot of people would say that we're all one paycheck away from being homeless. This pandemic has truly showed a lot of people that that is a hundred percent correct. That's true. That can't be lost in that. That that's very true. I, I mean, it how frivolous your spending used to be. A little bit, yes. And just like you know, like my wife who works in the restaurant industry, she's already like. If it's this, because you know, right now was supposed to be, right now is Arizona's busy time. This is when it's our snowbirds are here. This is when everybody's going to restaurants and movies, and they're out and about, and it's not going on. We're, you know, and and this is a time when snowbirds. It's a hundred degrees now. Snowbirds are leaving. Snowbirds have probably already left. Well, yeah, and so our, we were close. Is gonna, you got to remember our summer. It's probably going to be even worse than any summer we've had for years. Probably up since like the 08 recession area. It's actually probably going to be worse. Because they say they already said a quarter of most businesses are going to be closed down by the time things are back on track. Yeah, just because of how the delay and everything, you're right. Yeah. You think people are just going to jump back into going to the movies and jump back into life? I don't think so. I think there's just too many. I mean, I wouldn't say if I didn't see the protests and stuff going on. I think there's just enough people that are going to go right back to that. If not just because they truly believe that everything's fine, then to just prove a point that I think you will see an immediate rush of people back at restaurants. You see the people at the beaches. I mean, I mean, I'm not. I'm saying I'm obviously the beaches are free, but I'm saying in the sense of like people seriously think. Yeah, but they're not gonna. It's not gonna be okay. Occupancy 100. All 100 people come in. It's not. Yeah, gonna, it's, I'm, I'm I think it's not like that. Uh, <laughs> at least a year. 
Soloki says this pandemic I did I don't even lick hookers anymore like I used to. Now I just snort the coke off her tits and tell that bitch to bounce. <laughs> He's a mess. I just yeah, and, uh, and I just say movies at home brought to us in the theater so that we can enjoy them at home. It's more of a reality now than it's ever been. I do hope they do that though, because you are right. I mean, I don't know how it works, and I get what you're saying. I mean, I don't see it, but if it does happen, I would not not be against it. Like, even if I'm not, even if I'm a person who has to go to the movie theater in general, it'd be like someone for like my grandma, or like you were saying yourself, people with compromised immune systems, a big family who just can't afford to take the risk, but love movies. So I hope that it happens. I guess. But well, with this whole I thing, just, you're taking the risk. For one yeah. person to the movies, it's hard to take. Yeah. Four plus to the movies. It's well, hard. To kids, it. trust me, I know. Yeah, I've watched the most movies on my own since I've gotten older, just because it's expensive. Each person gets a ticket. Everyone wants snacks. If you have six kids alone, that's a family. What eight at the little at the shortest, and we're family of nine. So growing up, yeah, it's it's a lot, and I didn't see that going up, but it was a lot. You know, a lot of it was wait till DVD. So I get you on that, but I feel like that part is just the age old part. I think that adding of the pandemic makes it worse because now it's a lot more variables at risk but historically yeah you got a big family it's unless you loaded you know and and that's a market where where the movies i think the movie companies have always missed out on mm-hmm. the big families michael Stas says oklahoma just started reopening today and every restaurant was full at re- uh, reduced seating that's what I'm saying. They're going to go right back to what it's going to be. Reduced seating. So yeah. if they're – Well, that's like percent. So, like, okay, like my wife's work, their occupancy is 50. Mm-hmm. If they if they have – if they can only have reducing of 25%, so they're going to have a full restaurant of 11 people? Well, I'm saying – okay, but at this point, we're basing it off of what the restaurant standards set. If the, if the restaurants had full capacity – you better be dang sure it'd be full capacity. Well, it's the same like, thing with the movie theater, dude. That's what I'm saying. They'll put pressure on the movie theater to put full capacity and guess what's going to happen. Seven, selling every other seat, selling every other seat, that's How long 25% do you think capacity. How long do you Until think there's a vaccine. I don't think they're going to hold the, out for a vaccine. You, for look, the, hold the out as long the, as it by the cool down period the government's holding and their business. They don't give a crap about some vaccine. Maybe we do individually. They're going to go as long as they're mandated to do by the government, and they're going to go right back to normal because money needs to be made. I mean, that they year, are. I think the consumer is minded. They can do whatever. If they say, okay, everything's reopened, it's the consumer. A lot yeah. of the people who went out are not going to be going out for a while. In, in I, I places a lot like of trust in consumers. I get you. I'm with you. I, I, I see. I, the reason movie theaters in business. People, no, places I'm, like Oklahoma and Georgia. That are opening up right now are getting are being guinea pigs because that's why Arizona closed for another fifteen days. That's why Michigan just closed to the twentieth. They're gonna they're taking a wait and see approach. They're gonna watch how many people go out, what they do, and how many people get sick from going out, and go based on that. All I know is this goddamn pandemic is fucked up. Them talking about that we have the Pentagon actually has proof of fucking UFOs. Right? Exactly. Just pissed me off. <laughs> That was news, you right? I got swept away. No, it wasn't news because your boy right here told you about that a year ago. Before it was cool, though. <laughs> Fucking A. You're too early, man. 
but, but it, it is. And, but Kyle, Kyle and Brian are right. They the government it finally acknowledges UFOs, and everyone's like, "That's cool. We got bigger things to worry about right now." It was. A, there's more I, shit coming. It was a blip on the fucking news. I was like, yeah. "Did they? They just said they have proof of fucking UFOs, and that they're the our government is telling us that, and everyone's like." I don't care about this. We have a pandemic. What? No. No. We need to hear more about that. We are being wiped out right now by, you know. By aliens. Well, no, by the pandemic. I think the last thing aliens. we think about is aliens. Even though we just... Aliens. There's nothing wrong with a little fucking crowd control. Little weeding, weeding the herd a little bit. Weeding from the chaff. No, I'm fine. Solo, he says, uh, oh, they try to make everyone mail in ballots in November, the virus will disappear. Mark my words. I don't know. You know, I, I got a little chat for the political perspective. Tin honestly, foil, yeah. tin foil hat. We're going to start to get a grasp on it, and, and you're going to see a little bit of normalcy come back, and then it's going to turn into cold and flu season, and that's all just going to come right back. I could see that. And that's a shame, too, because the second wave is eminent. Brian's like, Let, that's all cool, but let's talk about aliens again. Dude, how crazy well, I, just get, I just get angry about it because I, I, I'm i I'm so up and down on all this stuff um, that I just get angry about it. It's like, at, at what point <clears throat> at what point do we believe what's really happening? I know this is, sounds like conspiracy theory stuff, but there's some weird stuff going on. There's some people making money weird ways. Um, the why all our politicians do is fucking fight. I mean, here we are in the middle of a fucking pandemic, and ones it's still one side against the other constantly. Um, I just I feel like there's a ruse going on somewhere. Like um, you know, we're not talking about a lot of stuff right now. You know, aliens is one of them. Uh, there's a lot of stuff we're not talking about right now because of this pandemic that I don't know if we should freak out too much about it. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's real and it's there, but also uh, look at death rates and, you know, look at the amount of people we already lose to the flu. I know that talks up all the time, but if you really look at it and, and look at the, the rates and also look at the fact that basically anybody that dies, no matter what they die of, if they have COVID-19 in their system, it's, it's they died of COVID-19. And that's not always right. So um, there's just a, there's a lot of stuff that's crazy and stuff I don't think they're telling us to. Like, um, I, it's just, it seems like there's a lot of uh, dark areas. I'm gonna put a sh- I'm gonna put a, a segment on this show from now on like this conspiracy corner. I just think it need it just needs to be here. <laughs> there just needs to be a conspiracy corner because I'm watching, listening to Brian and I'm reading the chat and Grizzle Geeks talking about there being evidence that it's a neurotoxin and Chad's Jed, t- talking about Kyle going to Area 51 and witnessing that you were the frontline reporter and it, there's just so much going on with this right now. Just conspiracy corner needs to happen. Because <laughs> that's it's just, there's so much to it. Who knows who's right? There, there is. There's so much. Can we dismiss that it just like came out of nowhere around November? Like this thing had had that been around. Well, the funny thing is, no way I think that this magically appeared 
on one specific date. Well, one, systematic. Oh, my fault, man. I'll let you talk. I'm sorry, but no, yeah. I, I, no, I, I gotta let you talk, dude. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. I just don't think, especially people going, oh, they could have symptoms and not even know it. Then how long could that have been? How long could have random illnesses been chalked up to that? And now all of a sudden it's COVID-19 and we have these death rates rising and it came out of literally nowhere. I mean, it didn't come out of nowhere. Apparently it did not not come out of nowhere. No, but I'm saying in terms of like, oh, all of a sudden we have accurate documentation on all the deaths that can be marked to COVID-19. When all of a sudden we have a concrete date. This could have been around for who knows how long. There are so many people I've talked to that have had flu-like symptoms that weren't diagnosed correctly, this or that or the other, from as far back as like October. That's the Here. problem is there was no consistent testing. Exactly. Look at, look at South, South Korea. Korea. They, they don't have it? No. South Korea tested everyone. They tested everyone, and they've already pretty much got it under control. It's, there's no accurate testing. So we don't know. Yeah, you're, you're testing someone, but it takes six days for them to get results. And I'm, I'm, it, so you don't know how many people are actually out there getting infected. And the yeah. numbers jump by more people that are getting tested. So. My boss was convinced I had it, and I wasn't on the show at the time. I was doing overtime around the different branches, but I was out for a week in, was it, uh, Christmas, New Year's. So that one week, when I went to two different doctors for a doctor's note, because obviously I was working over, they were like, explain what happened. And either doctor was like, well, it's an acute respiratory infection, flu-like symptoms, but they didn't know what to put on it. Now, I don't think, I think it was just really bad sickness, but like, that, like they're like, oh, no, it was, you were... I got sent home because they were like, whatever he wheezed and whatever he's doing is... You might, ha- you might have had it. So people are talking. What I'm trying to say, people are talking about entirely not at my job, but just in general, people have been experienced the same thing. And did they have it? Did they not have it? Are we supposed to expect that one person brought it over and like everyone rallied together to stop this one person? But he got through the barriers. I was talking to a guy, my buddy that I work with, and he was doing training around that time in California, mm-hmm. and he came back. He was sick. And then I got sick like bad, like I had never been sick before. Wow. And I was like, well, he came back from California. It wasn't a huge thing here yet, but people were still flying all over the place. Like here, I got sick. I never really get sick that bad. And I had, I got like really sick where I thought about going to the, the hospital in January. And my, my roommate, Kellen, who used to do this show, he got sick. He got he had flu symptoms. He went to the the doctor. They said, "Oh, you have a respiratory infection." Mm-hmm. He came back. He got better for a week. A week exactly. later, he had pneumonia, and it it all it damn near killed him. Like he was in almost going to the hospital rectum and all that. So, <laughs> yeah, rectum damn near killed him. Yeah, <laughs> but it was the same thing. He could. He's a fit dude. He couldn't breathe. He. He had a dry cough that wouldn't go away, and I and yep. I had the lighter symptoms. I had the dry cough that wouldn't go away. That I had body aches like I've never ached before in my yes. life. Yes, you, Matt. Matt, Christmas Day, you know, all day was like I had been beaten all over with the worst pain I've experienced. I couldn't move. Well, I don't know Christmas what kind of kinky shit you're into. I'm not anything. I know. I always feel sick when I'm at the store. <laughs> Well, I'm just, oh wow! I'm just gonna say how you do. You do. You're like, oh fuck! Do I have a fever? Like you're ch- like, oh shit! It's warm in here. Like fuck! And then you get like that little cough, and you're like, am I just out of breath, or am I just fucking getting COVID? <laughs> getting COVID. I'm just saying, like, there's. I just don't believe there's any way that anyone, any one of us could have had it at any point 
in the last couple months. There's no way it just magic came out of nowhere. They didn't have a name or a phase or if you believe it, two down the conspiracy. Well, they didn't have an agenda yet, whatever the case may be. I don't think this is something that just magically appeared in November. I, I don't I don't get sick. It, well, when I get sick, it, it takes a lot for me to go to hospital. I walked around for a week with an infected gallbladder. And you can ask Brian. I walked around for a week before I went to the hospital. I didn't go to the hospital until I called Brian and said, hey, what did it feel like when your gallbladder went? And him and my buddy Justin told me the same thing. And I was like, all right, I guess I got to go. And I don't go to the hospital unless I'm like on death's door. And that's how I felt in January. Like I wasn't, you know, I was, I was going to go to the doctor because I thought I was just that sick. Mm-hmm. It's just, there's no way. There's no way. I think any one of us, I mean, it's just, that's the stuff that ticks me off where it goes, the numbers are rising. This and that. I'm like, B, that's BS in my opinion, because like Brand was saying, we don't know. They market the COVID-19 if you have certain symptoms. So it's like, oh, we're just going to eyeball this one. Boom. And then also we don't know who's had it before. No one's gotten tested. You could have had the symptoms several different times. And asymptomatic comes out. For all we know, that could have meant you had it. But I think that's what the big deal is, is I think this is not the second wave of this. This is the third wave of it. And that's why they're reacting the way they are now and shutting everything down is because it's not you going away. about it on Netflix? I did. I thought it was very interesting, and I it makes and it makes me not want to. It makes me not want to eat pigs anymore because it seems like all of this shit starts in pigs. Bats, bats, and pigs catch bat and human fucking viruses, and they mix together and make some crazy shit. I don't want to eat pigs anymore. Bats have at least a thousand different viruses floating around in them. Yeah, that's dope. It's crazy, craziness. I only have four. I think I we, I beat, we beat this topic to to death and back, but um, it's the world we live in now. Yeah, it, it is the world we live in now. Um, the other b- movie theater news is that Charlie Cox uh, shot down the rumors of him being in Spider Man Three, saying that if Daredevil is going to be in Spider Man Three, it's not him. It's, oh, it's going to be me. It's going to be Kyle. I'm Daredevil. That's a real bummer, man. I really like him as Daredevil. He does a fucking good job. Yeah. So, uh, if you're a wrestling fan, WWE is being sued for a supposed insider trading, trading for selling off a Finally. bunch of stock. Um, the big, the other big thing is uh, uh, the Walking Dead movie is not coming to theaters now because of this, because of the the AMC Universal. <coughs> So that's a big one. Um, And finally, it happened. An ABC reporter. There's two stories like this this week that I thought were pretty funny. So finally, it happened. An AMC uh, reporter was caught with with no pants on while doing a report on TV. AMC? No, ABC. 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 And then another reporter was caught cheating on his wife. As they kick, as they kicked a live feed to his house for his morning report, and there was a woman leaving his bedroom, half naked. That wasn't his wife. That's dope. That's gangster. Good for him. Yeah, that is gangster. <laughs> <laughs> so that's crazy, crazy stuff to what's going on right now in the world. The world of doing news reports and skyping in from home, but. Uh, what, 
Do you it's wanna... so great. Where you can put on a nice shirt, you can still have your dick out. It's awesome. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't, I'm not going to lie and say, right yeah, sitting there without pants on doing work. It's the best. It's <laughs> just no pants on all the time. Yeah. It's fucking no pants. Days that end in Y. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I don't put that pants on in any day that ends in Y. I get pissed when I have to put like a pair of Levi's on. Like it <laughs> makes me mad. Like, God, I got to change out of my fucking basketball shorts. Are you fucking shitting me? Why do I have to put regular clothes on? This is stupid. But, um, do you want to, do you want to run through the, the hot 10 for us, Brian? <clears throat> yeah. Um. All right. Run to the hot ten, and then we'll get one book on this motherfucker, Brian. What's that? I'm just playing. What's that? I said I better have at least one book on this fucking list. Uh, I hope you do too. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All I know is that that variant venom that you talked about last week. All of a sudden, I don't know why. And everybody's showing it off. Everybody's selling it. Everybody's trying to buy it. Hot book, dude. More conspiracy theories. Chances Kyle's not wearing pants right now. I don't even think Kyle's wearing a shirt right now. That's why he's laying back so far. It is. Oh, there there it is. Show us again, Kyle. (laughs) Oh. oh. Dope tool shirt. It's a ghost shirt. Tool sucks. Oh, I was about to say, I thought I was Tool. That is Ghost. That's dope. Yeah, I don't like Tool. He tool. says Tool oh, sucks. You like Tool? I like him too. I was kidding. All right. So, uh, Golden yeah. Age book this week is Menace number nine. Um, God, it's a cool cover. Gene Colon cover from 1954. Uh, seven, a 7.0 sold a couple of weeks ago for 2300 but a 9.2 broke the bank selling for 9200 Jesus this week, Christ. yeah. So, kind of cool to see the little Walking Dead thing there too. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a cool. That. Next book is uh, Artur, uh Sister Bammy number one, Jim Rugg one and ten variant. And uh, this is just a sweet cover, man. And that's a new cover. You got like that? He's like, like he's a director. He's framing yeah. a shot. Yeah. <laughs> You've got the, the headlights, the Nazi symbol, the nun, the fire, like they're in hell, the hands. Oh, you just got everything that, like, comic book. <laughs> the headlights. <laughs> it's just crazy, dude. Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so, got the headlights. So, uh, n- number – I'm going the wrong way. Number 10 this week is probably my favorite thing on on this on this list, and this is – I, makes me so mad I did not know about this book um, and so mad that I'm probably never going to own one now. This is Star Wars the num- Galaxy's Edge number one, the Imagineers variant. And supposedly this was given um, to uh, only the people that helped develop the theme park. And uh, it's I think there might be there could be only like 20 copies. That's how rare this could be. Nobody really knows. A um, couple m- months back, I guess there was like one sale of like $200. But recently, this last week, one sold for $1,600 raw. And then there's a there's only one other copy on eBay going for $3,500. Raw so, or graded? 
all raw. Wow. So that's that's just nuts. Um, and it's just a cool Star Wars book that I wish I knew about, and I wish I would have paid two hundred dollars because I would pay two hundred dollars for this book, no doubt. Um, cool book. Throwing away that unemployment money around. All right. Um, number nine. Here's the book. Uh, I, I got a book on the list. I'm sweet. Cool. There you go. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 361. So a um, couple 9.8s uh, sold for around the 450 mark this week. Um, so uh, this book is slowly rising. Uh, hopefully it'll continue to go up. Um, I love this book. And this is one of those books that you can still kind of find in the wild for cheap every once in a while. So. Number eight, here's our favorite uh, Venom third print. Uh, yeah, still on the rise. It's going for 125 plus raw. So uh, just just hard book to find. Great character, great spec. Here you go. Number seven, Batman Beyond. Number one. Uh, I was talking to Matt before the show and saying how this book is just shot up in price. 9.8 are selling for 650 to 700, um, and that's up from 400. That's up from 400 at the beginning of the year. So, don't you have a 9.8 of this, Kyle? I don't have any graded, but I have like five copies of it. I thought you had a 9.8 for some reason. But the, the important thing also about this book is don't forget that there are some really um, hard to find copies of this book. Uh, there is the um the six flag edition that we all know about what's that i have six i have a couple six flag one or at least one six flags edition yeah that that one's a tough uh tough one to find and um the, the way you know uh that it's um uh the way that you know i'm trying to find some quick Quick, uh, Did they announce of- Spider-Man in the new uh, Carnage Venom movie? I yeah. don't know. That's what there will be Carnage left. There be Carnage. That's a, that's the solo book he's saying is because they announced Spidey in the new Venom Carnage movie. Oh, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Not confirmed, at least. Yeah, I didn't hear this either. I know Hardy put out like a deleted tweet or something, but that's it. And we know those are as reliable as we got this covered. So. But um, there is a uh, there is a tough to find third print version of this that doesn't have the um, the barcode there. There's nothing there. And then the Six Flags version, the barcode area that white box is flipped um, to be long ways across the bottom, it and it'll either flags. it'll either be blank, just white, or it'll say Six Flags in it, stamped in it. So there's four versions of this, and that third print version is mine. Doesn't it's not stamped; it's printed on. Really? My, yeah, it's not a stamp. Okay. Well, um, but yeah, so there were unstamped or unprinted versions of of that Six Flags one. Like I said, there's also one that says Six Flags on it, but uh, the third print one seems to be the hardest to find. I've never seen one, um, and uh, it looks much better because it's leaves more art of the cover so um but yeah it's, it's just a, a tough book to find i'm trying to to find maybe where i was looking on uh my comic shop but uh there's got to be a 
another place where I could find it. Anyways, um, number six, another book that was here last week and it's moving on up. This book, uh, Darth Vader number three, First Appearance of Afra, is now a $50 book raw, uh, 150 and 9.8, 150+. plus. So uh, great book, great spec. Uh, pick one up if you ever see it. Number five, what a cover. Another book that I'm super pissed that I don't own and I didn't know about that it was going for this much. But this is Spawn number 241. There's nothing, no major first appearances in this book that I know of, but it is a sick-ass McFarlane cover of Spawn when he was the angel of death. He's got the wings, the angel wings. It's a sick take on like a, it seems like a, like almost like an homage to a Wolverine cover, I feel like. But uh, this is a $100 book raw. $100. Um, very low print run on some of these issues. But this is, I mean, what are they at right now? They're issue 302 or 304, something like that. So this isn't super old. But uh, it's very tough, very tough to find, I guess. Um, here's Kyle with his Batman Beyonds, I think. Yeah. The six there you go. Variant. It's sick. Yeah. So yeah, this spawn book is a sick he book. Real quick. Oh. Yeah. oh my gosh. It's just it's tough to find, but it's a beautiful book. Number four, uh, beautiful Michael Turner art. This one's interesting because this one was put out long after he passed, I believe, and I think it was recently in the last five six years. Uh, Aspen started reprinting art art that he did or un would would make uh, unprinted art covers and this is uh the art from the german variant of superman batman number eight that is one of the biggest books in you know all of comics it's one of the you know best toughest books to find it's uh really i think there's only 500 of them and it used to be one of the most beautiful covers of all time and uh then they re-released the art but it has a different background but i just love that image uh michael turner drew a great supergirl um yeah you can't go wrong with it number three is another venom cover very eerily similar to venom number three the third print variant this is venom number five the scon variant and i believe it was a frankie's comics internet exclusive variant you know the shop exclusive type thing um and uh basically this is uh more people are specking on you know the the, the null person and uh this people are thinking that this is his first cover appearance and not the other one is and vice versa so this one has uh shot up to the virgin variant of this raw will go for 90 and a trade dress variant uh which was a 20 dollars book is now at 50 dollars raw so um another another crazy book on good spec in my opinion number two another book from last week that this is one of those books that just makes makes you don't really understand what's going on why people are are um are fucking with it but uh a real quick i'll kind of give you a, a quick understanding what's going on with this book this is not the first appearance of one punch man it's not the first appearance of one punch man in american comics it's not the first appearance first reprint of first appearance of one punch man in the comic comics 
And uh, I think what happened is this got shouted out maybe on like Key Collector app and they didn't know what they were talking about or something. I don't know why this went up. But this is a forty to fifty dollar book for some reason, and people still keep on buying it, thinking it maybe it's it, you know Stop fucking buying it. But um, the the real reality of this is, and this is a great article um, written by a guy named Topher, who uh, is just a genius when it comes to um, detective work on first appearances. You can check out his uh, stuff at comicbookinvest.com. He writes the um, firsts uh i think it's we'll see what is it called it's called true firsts but uh, he he laid it out in his article this week where he basically said um not only is this free comic book day issue uh a partial reprint but it's a partial reprint of the reprint featuring reused cover art from the manga so he basically explained what he meant yeah, this right here is the actual first appearance. This is the One Punch Man, um, which has uh, redrawn versions of the webtoon, making it the earliest published One Punch Man comic art. So it comes from uh, uh, Jump Comics, and it's a Japanese version. And then there was they reprinted that in uh, Weekly Young Jump 20 th- in 2013, which is kind of like a comic magazine for young teens in Japan. And then... The first U.S. appearance, they reprinted it and shown in Jump's American version. And then they gave that American version a special reissue to put into the Loot Crate cover with a different cover. So people are buying this book and, and, and going crazy about it. And I don't know why. So, But, A, it's number two this week, and it's a uh, it's a $50 raw book. So Yeah, because in Japan, they don't have, just for people who don't know, they're, they release monthly chapters. So each month, chapters come out in Shonen Jump magazine, and then they take those chapters and put them together to make volumes, and that's what the manga is. The manga is is a collection of chapters that they put out uh, for volumes. So they're, they're – um, in America, we have comic books. They have Shonen Jump magazine or Viz magazine. Yeah, so great info right there, brother. Number one this week, Black Badge number one. Um, the writer Matt Kent tweeted that the series was just awaiting the official announcement that it was uh, optioned by Netflix. Um, and as a result, prices for this cover, which is the A cover, jumped uh, from cover price to $20. And they have a, uh, a felt patch polybagged version variant and it's selling for $125 plus. Yeah, I see a book on Facebook comic book groups over this year, but oh, I've been looking for this one for years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He yeah. really wants black badge. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's the interesting list this week. Um, we're starting to see a little bit more spec, but it's still tough with you know everything that's happening. But remember, people got comic books for sale. Yes, sir. You might be looking for. Well, uh, are you guys still coming over tomorrow? What's going on? It's the plan. Okay. What time do you guys want to cruise over? Let's talk about it after the show. Early evening. Yeah. There yeah. we go. Two o'clock? Right. No, I was going to say 
no worries. We'll talk about it after the show. But... He's saying deuces like fuck you. He's out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anybody? Anybody else got anything you want to talk about this week before we end it? Kyle, you look like you had something. Yeah, I just buy my comics so I can fix my new Volkswagen up. My new old Volkswagen. There you go. Already fighting me. We have to. We haven't. We haven't fully aligned yet. Still trying to fight me a little bit. It's injuring me. I mean, now I have to limp around. Limp around, or jump around? No, I was I was sanding the hood and priming it last night, but I hadn't put all the other lights up in my garage, so it was kind of dark. I couldn't see, and I had knocked over a box of parts. And it looks like some kind of like linkage housing, and it, it it's it's like this little square thing, and it's got like two spikes that were sitting up. And I wasn't I was paying attention to sanding, and I stepped on it, man. And those fucking things went right through my sandals, man. And fucking I had to rip it out of my foot. So there's nothing like fifty year old metal fucking driving into your foot. Yikes. Michael Stout says you got to show her who, who's the, the alpha. We're in the process of doing that right now. Me and Dub. Just going to grab it by the neck, man. Just, you know how like... Take away its food. Yes, you just... Dub. You know, it had an old owner, and it's still partial to that owner. It just... We, we just have to align, and that's, that's what we're doing right now. But tomorrow... Yeah. Huh? Tomorrow is the day that it aligns. Because I'm going to make her her tomorrow. Kyle's going to walk out there with no pants on. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm going to have to wear sweatpants tomorrow. I, I, I'm telling you right now. I'm getting up in like five hours. Nah, seven hours and starting. So I guess I should put a little bit of backstory on this, huh? Yeah. Just so most people out there don't know. I, the reason I've been talking about selling my comics and stuff is I wanted to buy an old Volkswagen project car that I get to fucking just take my time and work on. Well, I found her. I found her Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, and I talked to the guy. I said, I'll be there Monday. So I showed up Monday at like four o'clock and big shout outs, Chuck. Um, so I called him and I was like, Hey man, I need somebody to help me tow this car. Cause it doesn't run, but I need someone to help me tow it. It's like 11 miles. Do you think you can help me? Okay. And he's like, yeah, no problem. Like I can do that. That's, that's not a big deal. I'll be there at three. And so I was like, all right, cool. I'll see you at three. Three o'clock shows up. 3.05 goes. 3.10 goes. 3.30 goes. I'm like, well, I'm just going to head down there and look at it just in case it's not what I want or it's more than I, you know. So it's cool. Chuck can meet me later. I get down there and I'm talking to the guy and we 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 got a deal, sweet. Buy it. I bought it. I said I'll be back. I'll probably be back tomorrow, like which would have been Tuesday. 
to get it. And I called Chuck back and I was like, all right, man, you're not showing up. It's cool, man. People get busy. Fuck it. I get it, man. It's all right. He's like, no, man, I'm just going to call AAA and have that shit towed to your house. And I was like, can you even do that? He's like, fuck yeah. He's like, I'm just going to call him and tell him my car doesn't start. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, fuck yeah. I was like, okay. So we drove down to the dude's house. Actually, we drove to his, it's at his grandma's house. Kid's like 23. And uh, so I get back there and, he, and we pull up and he makes this weird face because we just pulled up in a truck. We didn't pull up in the truck in a trailer. And uh, he's like, and I was like, oh, AAA's on the way. So it was me and Chuck were driving there. Yeah, sun was still up when we got there. I so the chick on at, on AAA was can, Australian. I thought she said eighteen minutes or sixteen minutes. I think with her accent, she really said sixty. But I still think it was sixteen. And I was like sixteen minutes. Sweet, we're only nine minutes away. This is fucking cake. Fuck yeah. So we get there. We're sitting there. We told dude, don't worry, man. It's going to be here in like nine minutes. We'll be out of your hair. He's like, cool, right on. The tow truck didn't show up. Chuck looks at his phone. And he's like, I don't know, man. There was a driver and there's not a driver now. It just says AAA driver. And I was like, fuck. Fuck. So he calls. And they're like, he's like, Oh, yeah, we called out the wrong kind of truck. It's rear-wheel drive. We can't put it on a regular tow truck. We have to put it on a flatbed. You know what I mean? Yep. So we have to call out uh, – um, so we had to set out a different one. So he picked, Chuck picked me up at like, I don't know, 630 or 630-ish. So we're sitting there talking to the guy. Guy's cool. He's – upbeat he's you know fun guy to talk about volkswagens this and that and the other finally about nine o'clock the fucking tow truck shows up right and the tow truck showed up and i was like hey man if you want to get in the driver's seat one last time man we'll push it out because we had to push it out in the road i was like it's cool man you know you can one last hurrah with her kind of thing mm -hmm. i'm a cool guy sometimes <laughs> and uh we are like, he's like, all right. And he got there. We pulled it out. All of a sudden, man, the fucking emotion out of him just goes, Phew. Just dissipates. Just, it's gone. He was just like, like the reality of set it in was setting in. Like this tow truck showed up. And so we like, we pulled it out. We got it where it needed to be. The tow truck driver's figured. And he's like, dude, he starts getting all emotional. And he was like, oh, like. You know, I'm gonna get a great job and I'm buying this car back from you in like five years. I'm gonna give you like triple what it's worth because I want this car back. And I was like, all right, man, all right. That fucking car got put on a chain, dude. He went ghost white, dude. He turned around, walked to his house. Didn't even want to see it get fucking put on the fucking tow truck. He was so wow. sad that he was losing his Volkswagen. Chuck just called you out in the chat. He 
says he says don't lie he's the only one that fit inside of the car my version's better <laughs> it is true though like they put this like seat in and it's like for someone that's like five foot two and about 83 pounds like they put this weird seat in there and they got it all in all weird so like like my, my belly fucking rubs on the steering wheel when I'm in it that's so you gotta get a new seat that's a stunk fit yeah so he's like I got the seats man I was like cool motherfucker brings out fucking a big pile of fucking springs there you go what's that Listen, here's the seats. Look, here's the back seat. No, no, dude, those are rusted springs. That's not a seat, dude. I was like, oh, fuck, man. But I mean, it's the ultimate project car, though. It's it's if you expect to buy a project car, it's it's it. Inside, now, there's no seats in it because they're all springs. All the seats are inside of my sitting in my garage. You think you saw a project car? Let me introduce you to my new car. No. <laughs> hey, does your car run? It did a couple years ago when I drove it last. For the war. But it's all good though. I mean, that's that's gonna be the fun. And what I'm doing is I'm making it like so. What I'm doing is everything I do to the car, putting the date, what I did, and what I was, and what needs to be done. And then I'm taking a picture before and then after I do something. Okay. Every stage I do something, I'm going to take pictures and videos, and I'm writing everything down, so that when this is all done, I can push it all together and document the entire journey that you document the whole thing. I told the dude though, man, and Chuck told him too. He's like, I was like, dude, I bought this dude. This thing is never leaving me. I don't care if it rots and rusts into powder in my garage not getting fucking rid of it I let one Volkswagen slip through my fingers and I'm not fucking doing it again <laughs> it's kind of cool though like I, you know I was telling my dad about it I was showing him and he was like oh man we've we do some work for a couple some car guys you know we built like these huge garages for him so he calls the dude one of the dudes and he's like hey, yeah you know my son got a you know this a Volkswagen an old Volkswagen dude's like what year what's it look like what's going on what are we doing with it I'm gonna introduce you to the right people so I've got all I'm, it'll be cool I'm hoping to get all these cool connects to like help me like you know what I mean like I'm not saying I, I want like shit for free but if if I can meet the right people because of the right person and get things for a fair price that like there's always going to be things there's always going to be things that I won't be able to do it'll just be outside my realm of working on something and it's going to be cool to have these little hopefully to find these little connects to help me fill in the gaps but it's pretty fucking I mean I'm pretty fucking excited man I'm, that's I'm the important part that's great. Like it's it's nothing. Like it's my summer project. I would like to have it driving by winter because I'm not going to be driving a goddamn 1970 Volkswagen in the summer in Arizona. I'm gonna fucking tell you that right now. No, because no. you know how good the air conditioning in old Volkswagens work. 
I can only imagine I don't, but not great. Wow. The only reason it got heaters is because it comes off the engine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. That's going to be, an, I'm excited for you, though, to have something like work on and kind of cultivate and then see ultimately what it ends up being, you know, a passion project, literally. Yeah, so it's it's gonna it's gonna be fun. I mean, I probably won't hound you guys too much on face or on podcast about it. Yes, but. I was ex- I was excited to to help contribute to the purchase of your car as well, sir. So is Chad. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say I got some beautiful beautiful books. Matt can't. And this is the second time he showed me an excellent book. No, it's the third time now. I saw. It. Right now. Yeah, you just keep loving to show off those books. I love books. it. I love it. I enjoy it. I enjoy it so so greatly. I'm not showing him off to like be a dick. I'm just saying I'm glad I can no, yeah. support him and getting it worked out in the end. He got his car and I I got some books that it has. Some awesome books. So Yeah, I'm in a rock and hard place with mine. Want some awesome books. What I really want right now is that Batman um, the the DC uh, Tales from the Multiverse book. Where did Kyle go? He said, I'll be right back. Oh. Individual issues or like a trade? They made it into a trade. It was a hardcover, but they oh. put um it's it's basically I just I just rather have one volume than not. They have all of the all of them collected along with the original stories. Yeah. Nothing That's super cool. major. They had a milk of all it's worth, and after Didiot left, you know, I don't know what in fusion or what plans they're gonna use with that universe, but it's probably tabled for now. So this is the next best thing they could have done, you know. Dan idiot. I still think that's so funny. <laughs> Dan the idiot. Yeah, good old the idiot. Mm. I'm tired. I'm yeah, tired going, Kyle. Girl, but I was gonna end the show. We we're sitting here waiting on Kyle. Yeah, the way my car is, it might be Uber, and by the time I Uber there, I don't mind. Sorry, my food showed up. Oh, oh, yum! All right, well, that's I guess that's a good place to end it then. So Kyle can go. Eat his food and uh, Corbin can go to bed. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna be sorting through. I'm, tired. I'm gonna go do right now for another hour and a half. That's sick. Well, guys, some more sell. guys, I want to thank everyone for hanging out with us tonight. I want to thank uh, Greg for coming on and talking ray gun. Uh, I want to thank Avery for coming on and talking to us about his uh, his Star Wars fan film. Guys, if you guys want to support Greg's uh, Rascals um, Indiegogo campaign, the link is below. It's below in the co- in the uh, about section, and it will be in uh, there for you people listening back on Monday as well, as well as the link to Avery's film. Uh, guys, if this is your first time finding us on YouTube and you had a good time, make sure that like and subscribe button. Make sure uh, to leave a comment below. If you're listening back to this on Monday, or on any of your podcasting platforms, please, please, please review the show as it goes a long way to help us in the podcasting standings. If you want to buy any books to help Kyle with his new project, hit him up on Facebook. Um, but for this week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast, I'm Matt. I'm V-Dub Kyle. I'm Brian. And I'm the, the Corbin. The, the Corbin. The Corbin. Yeah, Right, guys, stay safe, wash your hands, and uh, remember to social distance, and we'll see you guys. <laughs>